We're trying to solve the problem here, Billy. Not like this. You're not. You're not even looking at the problem. We're very aware of the problem. I mean, okay, good. What's the problem? Look, Billy. We all understand what the problem is. We have to okay, replace. Okay, good. What's the problem? The problem is we have to replace three key players in our nope. lineup. What's the problem? Same as it's ever been. We've got to replace these guys with what we have existing. No. Nope. What's the problem, Barry? We need 38 home runs, 120 RBIs, and 47 doubles to replace. The problem we're trying to solve is that there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. Good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 103 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Mark Foster, and as ever, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. Yeah, Laurie. Hi, guys. Hello. We have an almost regular show back uh, now. Um, almost, as I say, we have no marathon because we've decided to ditch the uh, final part of the uh, Herzog uh, marathon because uh, we, we haven't done it for a few weeks and we figure it's better just to start a new one, but we haven't thought of a new one yet so we're just going to do a bumper what we've been watching because we also haven't done a what we've been watching uh we're also going to give you a review of chappie which ian has seen and i haven't seen so we're recording that later on in the week um and next day bumper what we've been watching uh, we'll do some trailers and we'll do some questions and we'll do some feedback and what not uh ian is the is there anything else that's happened in the past sort of uh, few weeks it feels like a while since we've done a regular show um, yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say, actually, next week's show probably won't be regular, because no. I'm just thinking we might do some ad hoc recording at Noel's wedding. Yes, we, we probably will do some slightly drunken uh, ad hoc recording at Noel's wedding, uh, just so we've got something to, to sort of put out that week. Uh, so it will be another couple of weeks. But we did, we did warn people, didn't we, that this was probably what was going to happen. We had a bit of a, a yeah. hectic kind of month uh, between the two of us. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's why the, you know, it's another reason why the Herzog Marathon's kind of, we put the kibosh on it, just because you know, it has been ages, and next week isn't going to be a normal show either. So, like, it would still be another two weeks until we got around to finishing that off. And, and to be fair as well, with Herzog, it's kind of just like, yeah, it's great, yeah, it's great, yeah, yeah it's great, yeah, it's great. <laughs> we, we, you know, we, we need to sort of work out what we're going to do next and kind of um, 
figure that out, so we'll, we'll let people know within the week. Uh, we've also got some uh, other interesting stuff uh, happening, haven't we, in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, um, there's some other kind of stuff in the pipeline, not specifically about Dude and a Monkey, that... Um, yeah, I don't think we're probably ready to go public on that no, just we're yet. Not. But it's 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 exciting. Yes, it, it, it's exciting, and like I say, it doesn't it doesn't it's not strictly dude and monkey related, but it it, it will incorporate this and so much more. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, no, um, it's good times. I will say. I bought I bought a Region A player again, and I'm starting to regret it again already. Oh, why? Just Criterions are so fucking expensive. They are, aren't they? Unless it's even pretty that much a noble sale. They are, but even when you got shipping and everything, and then you have to pay for shipping. Like literally, it's like twenty quid a pop. Mm. And who who spends twenty quid on a single Blu-ray anymore? That's that's the thing. I think so. I, I haven't bought them. What is shipping on these things? Is it? Oh fuck! It's like I don't know. They're usually like I don't know, ten, fifteen dollars or something. It, it like basically, if I want to buy a Criterion Blu-ray off of Amazon, if it's twenty dollars, it usually like they use with shipping. It usually costs about twenty-three quid to actually get the thing, and then you've probably got to pay import duties on the charges on it as well. Um, yeah. it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm already thinking I might cut my losses while the, the the time is right do you want to buy it can if you want no i i i can't i've 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 gone full in with the the uh 100 club the project yeah, yeah. um so i, I mean oh, point, yeah, we, we can talk about the 100 club we can't we can talk about the 100 club yes uh, this is an idea that um Kind of Mike uh, uh, from Chins Rock has punter kind of had, and there's, then Noel there's a has. Fair uh, bit of it on last week's podcast, like Noel talking about it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then Noel's let run. Uh, I've gone fully in on it. Uh, I've decided that I'm gonna gonna take part in this, which is quite difficult for me because um, whereas with uh, Noel and Mike, them starting it, they're starting essentially from from scratch. From I think I'm not sure. I think Mike's got a handful of Blu-rays, and Noel's got a. Um, He's got two. two. He's got Possession and Purple Ray. Purple Ray. Yeah. Um, I have uh, sort of. 400 Blu-rays, um, so I, I'm taking it from there. What I'm doing is I essentially have gone, I, I don't have 400 Blu-rays. The collection that the family has it is 400. So I went through it and went, right, these are Becky's, these are Isabel's, uh, and these are mine, and was quite brutal about it and went, right, these are mine. And then worked out and went through it all and went, right, which ones am I willing to get rid of? And I got down to... Uh, I had 111 left, which of course is 11 more than 100. Uh, so then I, I whittled it down even more, and I, I'm, I'm getting rid of some pretty, you know, some, some stuff where I've looked at it and gone, uh, right, I like that, but do I need to earn it on Blu-ray? So I have got a load of Blu-rays at the moment on, on sale on uh, on eBay um, just to get rid of them, to bring in a bit of extra cash. But also, I did look at it and think... I actually need to buy a few things to actually because I need them in the collection. I want them in that hundred. Um, so you know, I, I, I've got things, stuff like, for instance, um, I've got the artist uh, I had on Blu-ray. Am I ever going to watch the artist again? How many times have you watched the artist on Blu-ray? I've never watched it on Blu-ray. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, and uh, buried. 
you know, I really enjoy Buried, but I'm actually, do I need it on Blu-ray? It, it's those... Say Buried again. Buried. Mm. Uh, and it's those type of things. Ides of March. I really like the Ides of March. Do I need it on Blu-ray? No. Not fucking I, really. I, I sold that on eBay, bought the Blu-ray, never watched it. And I sold it, and I got like ninety nine p for it. But hey, it's out. It, you know, it's out the door. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm doing. You know, and I figure if I sell all the things uh, under free listings, so I'm selling it in, in batches. If I sell everything I've got there and get an average, because there's a couple of steel butts and things out there, and I get an average of um, let's say three quid a pop, mm-hmm. I'm gonna cover a hundred quid. And. Mm-hmm. The stuff that I'll buy into to add to that hundred will maybe be twenty quid, so I'll be making eighty quid, which covers for the the poster that I bought the other day. Did you get that first blood one? I got the first blood poster from Grey Matter Art, yeah. Which um, I, I set out, bought it, uh, and then worked out it was about sort of um, it was just over thirty quid. And then shipping added on to it, and I was like, oh, shit, this takes it to just shy of 50 quid. That's a lot for a poster. And mm-hmm. we sat there saying to Becky, do you know what, I'm, I'm out, I'm out now, because it's, it, it's near, it's, it's, when it was 35 quid, I was all right, now it's 50 quid, I, I'm, I'm fucking done. And then Bex just went, yeah, but do you really want it? I was like, yeah, I really, I really fucking want it. She said, in six months' time, when it's sold out, it's only a 300-print run. Oh, God, OK. She said, in six months' time, when it's sold out, if you sold that for 50 quid on eBay, would you buy it? I was like, yeah, absolutely. She said, then fucking buy it. It's like, do you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I'm selling a load of Blu-rays. I'm buying it. Nice. So, I, but, but now I've got to go, shit, I've got no room for it in my living room where it's going to go. So I've got to get rid of either... Totoro, I've been told, you can't get rid of Totoro. So I've got to get rid of either Blade Runner, which I'm not allowed to get rid of. So I've either got to get rid of uh, Halloween, uh, Dark Knight, mm-hmm. Rocky, or Grindhouse. For and you, Dark Knight. Yeah, so I, 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 but I really like the Dark Knight one, because it's the, it's, the, it's the one of the Joker um, holding on True. to the card, walking, you know, as he's about to walk down the uh, main strip of Gotham there. And it's a mm-hmm. really fucking nice poster. I'm thinking Grindhouse might might mm-hmm. not go, but might move. That would have been my second place. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to have to shift stuff around, but it, 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 it's that kind of, that weird thing. So, I mean, I, I, even though I was very enthusiastic about it on the podcast, but I was a few hours deep, I'm pretty sure we recorded that bit anyway, but uh, I can't do it. Can you not? Can you just not, not bring yourself to do it? I can't do it. No, I, I would love the excuse to go mainly digital, but I just can't do it yet. I've got, I've got like, I've bought over 50 films on Google Play. Shit, have you? Yeah. I counted it the other day. Wow. Because I went through a phase yeah. where I was just like, I, you know, when I went through like, I am all digital um, last year. And I went mad on it. I sold a bunch of stuff, and I went mad on it. But it just... I I can't... If the availability was all there, and if the pricing was just a bit better, mm. you know, and, you know, it, it, like I was saying to Donna the other day, because I was, I, I was kind of... Sorry, just listening. <laughs> sorry about that. Bless I was you. saying to... Thank you. I was saying to Donna the other day, because like, I was kind of buying it back and forth with her, and she was into it just because it was like less clutter, you're being more concise with your collection, it's mm. a good way to be. Um, and I get that, 
And I was saying to her, you know, I was thinking, like, oh, if I don't have the Alien box set, I'm going to want to watch that document, that three-hour documentary about the making of Alien again at some point. But then there's another part of my head that's thinking, when the fuck am I ever going to watch the three-hour <laughs> making of about Alien ever again? You know, so it's like, I just, I'm so back internally back and forth. But it's like, it's things like, so the actor director's cut isn't on Google Play. Mm. Um, you know, um... If I want to get the special edition of Alien Free, I think that might not be on Google Play yet. On iTunes, it's a tenner, but it does come with iTunes Extra, including the documentary, so fair play. But it's like a tenner. So if I was to rebuy the Alien films on iTunes, I think you can get the whole lot in like a box set as such, like 30 quid. Mm. I, my Prometheus to Alien set cost me 15 quid. Did it? Fucking that's good. Yeah, so it just... I, it, the value proposition Does is well. still no. It's still way more in the favour of Blu-ray. Mm. Like even even the quality and the audio, I I could maybe just about get around and be comfortable with. But like, there's barely any Ghibli on um, on on like on a digital copy yet. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's like entertainment in video don't have a distribution deal with Google Play, so. Um, Elf, killing them softly. I'm just having a look at my collection now. Uh, um, I know there are others, but like I, you know, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be able to have those. You know, it just it because that's the thing. If I went with the hundred, like pretty much any, anything that wasn't in the hundred, I would still buy. That's the thing. I would still buy a digital copy of it if I wanted it. Yeah. You know, but it's like Paddington's out in a couple of weeks. And I'm just thinking, I would like, I, I just, I want Paddington on Blu-ray. I know it sounds silly, but I want Paddington on a Blu-ray. I don't want a digital copy of Paddington. It's just, you know, and it's an Alfred Hitchcock box set. I bought that thing for 25 quid on Amazon. Like, it would cost me at over a hundred, like over a hundred quid to rebuy all of those digitally. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. There is certain things, right? Because my, <laughs> my thing with it, uh, with the idea of it was, I've stopped buying uh, Blu-rays as much, but mm -hmm. I still get this occasional thing where a new steelbook comes out and I go, ooh, I like that, and I'll buy it. But I, I'll end up not watching the fucking film. I'm buying it for the artwork. And then it goes on a shelf in between stuff, and occasionally I get it out and have a look at it. That, that's it. That's 20 quid to have a look at something three or four times a year. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, I could literally just buy a picture and just look at it like that, or print it out and go, well, that's nice. So... That that's kind of why I, I've 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 taken on board with it. I'm actually as well getting a an actual to to kind of keep the idea of it. I'm getting an actual shelf made that is just that will just hold a hundred Blu-rays, so that it holds exactly that's that. Um, that's going to have a, a, like an actual plaque on it that says Club One Hundred, um, mm -hmm. and it, each individual slot is going to be fucking numbered. On it as Fucking well. hell, man! Yes, so I'm getting, I'm going, I am going balls deep in it because I think you're going full retard. Yeah, I'm it? going full retard because I figure the only way I will keep up with it is if I go fucking absolutely fucking all chips in and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I can see myself uh, tie myself in knots in like a fucking when it gets to Christmas. My mum goes, "Can I have your Blu-ray list?" And I just go. Oh shit! <laughs> I've got I've got one space left. How do I give a list of things? That's I mean it, it's interesting because it's like 
I was listening to Film Junk um, and on an episode a couple of weeks back, Frank on there was talking about that they're talking about going digital, mm. and he was talking about the fact that he's digitizing he's digitizing his games library. But he was saying like that I've only got there's only like ten or twelve at the moment on my Xbox or my PlayStation. So you know, in movies would be an entirely different proposition. And like I'm kind of like I'm going down that route as well. Like I don't buy that many games, you know. I have been buying more lately, um, but it's like even though they cost a lot, they just cost more or the same digitally as they do on physical release. I'm just thinking, like, if I buy the ones physically that I know I'm just going to play and trade in, mm. that like so, like, the Order 1886 that came out a few weeks back, that, thing, that game's apparently only six or seven hours long. There's a huge hubbub about it. And it's, like, it's 50 quid at the moment. I'm going to get that thing when it's, like, 20, 30 quid on Amazon. I'm going to rinse it in a weekend, and then I'm going to sell it on eBay and probably, like, lose a tenner on it. But, a tenner to, to, like, have six, seven hours worth of entertainment that's fine by me. That's just a whereas, it? Yeah, whereas uh, The Last of Us Remastered was on sale on PlayStation um, Store this week. Still is, actually, while we're recording it. Probably won't be by the time this episode's out. but And it's uh, 17.99. And I played The Last of Us on PlayStation 3, and I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I was kind of thinking, like, I'm actually, I want to play it again and give it its due. Yeah. And it comes with the uh, the extra left behind downloadable thing. It was like an extra four hours worth, which I didn't play. And uh, you know, it, it looks nicer. It's sixty frames per second, which feels a lot better to play. And it's like I'm happy to pay seventeen ninety nine to have that, not be able to trade it in. But it's like if I ever, if the mood ever strikes to play The Last of Us again after I do this playthrough, I don't think it will. But if it did, I know I've got it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, so, but, and, and it's like, but the thing is, with games, you're not losing anything in terms of quality, no. digitally. You know, whereas, <coughs> excuse me, Blu-rays, you just are. You, know, and you are fundamentally losing something in it. But the thing is, like, if somebody came to me and said, apart from your 100, I'll give you... 250 quid right now, I will come round, you don't have to pay for delivery, and just take all your Blu-rays off your hands and you're done. Rip the Band-Aid off, you're done. Do you know what? I'd probably say yes, because I'm a contrary bastard. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, well, that, that's it. With me, it was... I think it's, I've got a shelf, I've got sh- shelving uh, on one side of my wall in my living room, and on that wall is about is about half my DVD collection. So that's about two and a bit thousand. And the four and hundred Blu-rays. And I look at it and think, how often do I watch any of those DVDs? It's not very often nowadays. But it's, it's almost like, you know, like the people who still, you know, the people who still have in boxes their vinyl collection, despite the fact that they'll never fucking use it. They'll never do out with it. And I've become a little bit like that with my DVDs in the fact that they're, you know, I would say a good 60% of it is essentially worthless. Um, 40% of it I might get money for, but that's a lot. Can you imagine selling three and a bit, four thousand DVDs on eBay? Can you imagine the idea of that? Of going to you, what is it, the post office because you've got to get a receipt for postage and turning up with a fucking trolley and going, 
yeah, you're going to need an after fucking noon and a big receipt for these motherfuckers. So it's like, there's there's so many that I just, I don't know what to do with them. And I'm not doing anything like fucking Music Magpie or anything like that, because essentially I'll send them all off and they'll say, oh, we're going to give you, let's say, for instance, £200, and then I'll get a check saying, you have £17.17. And it'll just be like... Well, fuck. Was was all that collected? All that fucking love? Was that all it was worth? I'd prefer to have them in boxes. Take all the cases, keep all the cases in boxes, and stack them in my garage once I've sorted out, and put all the discs in sleeves, and have like a directory to go occasionally. Do you know what? Fuck it. I want to watch. Uh, and I, I, you know, fuck it. There isn't a, there isn't a HD copy of that, so I will watch it on what's it. Where is it? Oh, it's there. There we go. Stick it on. Boom. Done. And then I get all that wall space. But then again, what the fuck am I doing wall space? It's wall space. Do out with it. Then again, I come out on first blood poster there. So I'm in this constant flux. But then if I take all my shelves off, I've got to paint my wall. So it's it's all these things, man. It's it's, it's a terrible fucking, terrible mixed up world in my brain right now. The thing is, like, if I... This is a tangent and a half, but the it thing is... is this, we, we've done nearly half an hour in the fucking trailers yet. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But <laughs> the thing is, it's like, me, I, would, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I would just be like, I want them gone. I want them out of my fucking house and not think about it, and if I regret it, fuck it, but it's done. I, and I, I just, wish I could be that brutal. I'm not... I'm just... I'm not quite there. But then again, like I said, if so, the thing is, it's that... Like, making the effort of putting it all on eBay and all that shit. If somebody, seriously, I mean, like, fucking hell, if anyone's listening, they want an instant Blu-ray collection. If anyone wants to give me 250 quid for all all my Blu-rays, apart from the ones that would be in the 100 and the ones Don, Donna wants to keep, I, you know, and, and you want to come round and you want to take them yourself, let me fucking know and let's just do it. Yeah, and if anyone wants uh, like three and a half thousand DVDs, I'll take I don't know, I'll take five hundred quid. <laughs> yeah, it just I don't know, man. But you have to come it, fucking it, pick them up because I have fucking yeah. delivering them all. Straight up, I mean, it just the thing is talking about it, it like this is making me think. Why the fuck do I want all this stuff in my like? I've got a copy of Das Boot I'm looking at right now. Right, I've had it for about three or four years. I've never watched it. When are you gonna? When, when are you? Right, seriously, gonna get a chance to watch four hours of Germans in a submarine? This is this is it, right? And the thing is, these days, I just I find it so much easier to just go on Netflix or just put something on my phone and Chromecast it and just be like, here we go. Do, do you know what? As well, though. It is is kind of a little bit irritating. It's, it's, I've got some blue, I've got some steel books of films where they're really nice looking steel books, but they're not films that would be in my hundred. So they're like they're ones. I've got my hundred at ninety seven, ninety three at the moment. Um, so I've got ones to add, but I've also got ones where I go, do you know what? You're the fucking first to go. Soon as something fucking really nice comes out. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Over that hundred, you're the first to go. So I've got stuff like still in there, like Shooter, the Steelbook. It's a nice looking Steelbook, but it's not an amazing looking Steelbook. And I really like the film Shooter, but again, there's probably never going to be a point where Shooter isn't available on a Netflix. It's somewhere. And do I really need Shooter on Blu-ray? I, and I watch Shooter, you know, a fair amount. But it's stuff like I've got 
for instance, mole rats. I've got mole rats on Blu-ray. Mole rats will always be in my hundred. Because one reason, Knox is one of my hundred favourite films. It may it may well be. I've never thought about it in that way. But because mole rats is my, I've had a fucking shit day. Mm-hmm. Everything has gone wrong. Becky's out because Becky doesn't like mole rats. I need something just to fucking put on to just cheer me up. More Rats always does that for me. It's my it's my warm hug of a film. Yeah, I mean they I mean that that's a conversation for the actual hundred podcast I think, but yeah. let's move on. I'll just say because I'm not doing it, I will be hosting yes. and I will be like moderating. Um but I won't be actually in that particular discussion. But I'm, I'm planning on, like, setting the cat amongst the pigeons with things. Oh, this is going to be nice, yes. So, yes, do look forward to... We can't say when. It will be somewhere in the near future, but not the immediate future. There will be a Club 100 podcast, um, which will, won't happen on a weekly basis. It will be something that will happen sporadically. Um, it would, I could see it being, like... Every two or three months. Yeah, it'll be something that'll happen every sort of quarter or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to set a fucking timescale on it. But, you know, and then we will reveal more about uh, other projects uh, once, we, once we have more to reveal, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, sorry. Ian, uh, I've not watched many, uh, but uh, what trailers have you been watching uh, this past sort of week or so? Uh, let's have a look. Um... Because I'll be honest, I, I don't think... I, I think I've maybe watched one. <laughs> uh, uh, none. None. Right, we're going to do trailers on Wednesday when we record the chappy for... <laughs> What's that? Yeah, that makes way... Yeah, okay, so... So, cut. Uh, cut. Ian. Um, so, Ian, uh, what trailers have you been watching this week, then? Okay, so, uh, watched a few. Uh, what have we got? Um, Inside Out, the new uh, Pixar film. Um, which I'm glad is not taking place in my body at the moment, I must say. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, the, the concept looks uh, looks good. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It, I, it looks like it's going to be quite gentle. Um, and it kind of, I don't know how emotionally manipulative it will be, but um, I'm game for it. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in another original Pixar film, so we'll see. And uh, San Andreas, the latest one for San Andreas, which uh, looks like a disaster movie. That that's it. There's absolutely nothing in it that particularly stands out to me. If I'm honest, the uh, speedboat up the wave thing kind of just felt like the dumbest idea ever. But mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever. Um, if there's nothing else out that week, I'll watch it. But otherwise, I'm perfectly happy to watch that on the small screen. And uh, to be honest, the kind of think that might be it I, I don't know I mean like you might come up with some ones that uh... yeah I, I, I've watched a couple um, the inside out one um, I, I just I, I just can't get interested in it I, it just it I just don't think it looks very good to be honest um, it looks incredibly emotion manipulative even for a Pixar film um, San Andreas uh, it's Caligagino and Dwayne The Rock Johnson so fuck it I'm in you know like you say I probably won't go and see it at the cinema unless, you know, unless there's nothing out that week uh, I'm perfectly happy to wait for it to come out um, on home viewing but when it does I'll, I'll, I'll happily watch it um, and hopefully enjoy it so 
Yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, Tomorrowland. Um, oh, shit, yeah, no, of course. Yes, or, yes, yes. Um, the increasingly uh, bad career decisions that George Clooney seems to be making. Um, I, I don't... I don't get... Why? Why is George Clooney in that? It doesn't seem like a George Clooney type of movie at all. Um, yeah, it, 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 the, tra- the, the I saw the poster for it the, earlier in the week and thought, that's a, that's a terrible poster. Um, and then saw that and thought, saw the trailer uh, earlier today and was like, um, what, what, what? That looks terrible. <laughs> I, I, well, um, I, I don't know. I thought it looked all right, to be honest. Um, yeah, just, I, don't, I don't get. I don't get it. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't enough. get. I don't get at what at any point during the ideas process of, of, of writing this film did anyone go, "This is a good idea." Well, why? I mean, I, 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 I don't quite get that. I mean, it looks like it's got. Um, I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's got some imagination to it. I, it I, I'm. I'm intrigued by the fact that, you know, again, it's an original property from Disney, which is, which is good. I mean, yes, it's based on a ride or whatever, but, you know, you get my mm. point. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of up for seeing George Clooney play a kind of a cranky, isolated inventor guy who had dreams that were dashed and whatnot. I mean, I'm just, it kind of seems like that's what it was. So I, 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 I don't see what the problem is with this. I just, for some reason, it, it, it just, I was watching the trailer and going, I just, I don't. I don't see anything in this that makes me go, all right, that, that, that looks interesting. All of it just looks incredibly... It, it looks like they've gone, we've got a great idea for a, a Disney TV show, and then somebody's gone, why don't we make a movie instead? And they've gone, yeah, fuck it, why not? Let's just redo the script and let's do it. And then George Clooney's gone, I need a hit, I need a hit. And, and decide to well, make does he? Does he? I mean, like, Monument, okay. Monuments so, Men didn't do well, did it? Yeah, that's one film. Um, what was that one he made about the American footballers? Oh, Leatherheads? That was like fucking 2008. Was it that long ago? Shit. Oh, God, yeah. I was working at a bloody view in Bristol then. Yeah, God, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, go- I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with 2008. Let's have a look. I just, it, it feels like a long time since George Clooney had a proper fucking, you know, I mean, not, I'm not saying he's had like a lot of bombs, but a proper massive hit. Yeah, 2008. So what's he done, what's he done recently? Gravity, for fuck's sake. Ah, oh, fuck yeah, I forgot it was in Gravity, yeah. The, the, I mean, the Descendants, like, he did, he did well enough for him. I mean, it, the thing is, he just hasn't been... He hasn't done that much, has he, recently, actually? In, in terms he has, like, no, when, that's... You know, that, when, yeah, when you no, look he totally at, hasn't. When you look at Clooney, sort of, early noughties to, sort of, 2009, he was doing, like, three, four films a year. And, you know, since since The American, he's done The American Eyes, March, Descendants, Gravity and Monuments Men. And that's, like, five years, nearly. You know, he's, yeah, not, he's yeah. not done that much, really. Well, yeah. I mean... No, no. In, in, in but, I mean, comparison he, to when you look at projects. when you look at uh, in two thousand, um, you know, two thousand and five to two thousand and nine, he did Good Night, Good Luck, Syriana, The Good German, Michael Clayton, Ocean's Thirteen, Leatherheads, Burn After Reading, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Men Who Stare at Goats, and Up in the Air in like a four-year period. 
But no, I mean, the thing about this that's different for him is that it's a family film. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it just seems that it seems a strange it seems a strange choice for for, for George because it just doesn't seem a little bit out of character him, I suppose. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's him trying something new. I I, I don't see. I mean, apparently he's a former boy genius inventor jaded by disillusionment, so says IMDb. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, here we go. Bound by a shared destiny, a bright, optimistic team bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius inventor jaded by disillusionment embark on a danger-filled mission to unearth the secrets of an enigmatic place somewhere in time and space that exists in their collective memory as Tomorrowland. Mm. I think that's an interesting co- a concept. I mean, the thing that does worry me is the fact that it's written by Damon, Damon Lindelof. Oh, um, there you go. Uh, you know, so even though Brad Bird had a hand in, in the, in the, in the um, screenplay, well, actually he co-wrote the screenplay with Lindelof. So, yes, there is the, is it going to be this mystery box bollocks type of stuff that like, overshadows the actual film itself? You know, possibly... But I have enough faith in Brad Bird. I mean, I wasn't the, I wasn't the biggest fan of Mission Impossible 4, but, I mean, dude did Iron Giant, Ratatouille, The Incredibles. I'm, he's solid in my book. I'll, I, I will watch this. And, you know, it's the thing is, I've got a feeling this could be one that gets a little bit drowned out um, yeah. just with, the, with what the summer is. I mean, let's have a... When's it Let's out? have a look as we, as we sometimes do. I think it's the end of, um, the end of May. Yeah, 22nd of uh, May. Okay, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Going on watching films, past, present, future. Okay, so what we got the couple of weeks beforehand? Mad Max Fury Road's still on for Friday the 15th of May on, on launching films, but I swear that's been pushed back to June. Um, 22nd of May. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they've got it down as the 22nd of May. Oh, that would make sense. It's bank holiday weekend uh, yeah. in the UK. Uh, same day as Poltergeist. Um, that won't take uh, much of that. That's business away, will it? Mm, ah, shit. We're busy that weekend as well. I actually kind of want to watch both of those. But um, So, yeah, it's got Pitch Perfect 2 the week beforehand. Actually, to be fair, that's quite a quiet time. I mean, you've got San Andreas the week after. Yeah, they're burnt out by them, were Um... I'm just intrigued now. What's up the week after that? Spy and Insidious Free. Fuck, and then out, it's... Is that coming out in May? In uh, June? June. June, Friday the 5th of June. Um, and then it's Jurassic World the week after that. Um, Entourage the week after that. Um, uh, the Entourage movie's still happening. Oh, yeah. There's a trailer. Is there? I don't yeah. watch the TV series, to be honest. So. Yeah. Um... Then it's Minions the week after, Terminator after that, uh, Ted 2 the week after that, Ant-Man the week after that, Inside Out the week after that, Magic Mike XXL and Mission Impossible 5 the week after that, and Southpaw the same day, Jesus. Shit. Fucking hell, there's so many films out this year. Bloody hell. It feels, um, like, it feels like there's like three years worth of film slayer out in a fucking year. <laughs> oh, straight out of Compton's out my birthday weekend. Is it? Yeah. Is oh, it, is that your birthday, oh, Saturday, really? Saturday the 15th of August, my birthday movie's going to be straight out of Compton. I'm actually pretty happy with that. I'm actually, Man From Uncle's out that day as well. I think I might double bill. Oh, why the fuck not? Um, 
But yeah, Tomorrowland, fuck you. Yeah, yeah fuck me. I mean, it, it might be great. It just for some reason, the trailer just did nothing for me at all, other than make me go, I don't see the point. We're out wedding on the Sunday, bank holiday Monday, with a bit of a hangover. I'm going to watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> uh, I, I probably won't, unless we cover it on the show, and then I will. Um, I think we should, just because... Do you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm game for that. Because you know what? There's an email that we talked about on Sunday that we'll do later on in the show, talking about how we're not... We're, we're too nice to each other, basically, and I think maybe you know, just in the spirit of actually trying to get us to argue with each other, Tomorrowland might be a might be a good shot. Yeah. Um, other ones that I watched are the Get Hard Red Band, um, a, a a film that should have happened like five six years ago. Um, uh-huh. Didn't, and they they should never. It feels like a script that's been resurrected. That that Will Ferrell's wanted to do for a few years and has now decided, you know what, now is the time. I'm not busy doing anything else. Why not? Um, it looks like one of those where I'll watch it when it comes out on, like, again, on home video and laugh a couple of times. But other than that, yeah, again, that film's just too fucking late. That star, that, that Will Ferrell star has burnt out a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, self slash less, the... Um, Ryan Reynolds, Matthew Good, and Ben Kingsley movie. Uh, self, self slash less. Yeah. It's not right, called okay. slash. You know, like, like as, as a slash, as in the not the uh, right, Rose okay. guitarist. The right, okay. slash. But I can't remember what it's called now. But yeah, that uh, looks like an interesting concept. Um, essentially, it, it, it's mind melding. You've got. Ben Kingsley playing a wealthy, um, very intelligent kind of um, designer who uh, he's seems like he's terminally ill um, and he's offered the chance by Matthew Good to essentially take his mind from one place, uh, one from his body, and to put it into uh, what he believes is an empty vessel body. Uh, turns out that that empty vessel body is Ryan Reynolds, but it wasn't an empty vessel body. It's just some. It's just a person that's been put into a, a coma, and then the two minds start to meld. Um, not really an original concept, but looks like it could be could be quite interesting. Um, the Forger. Uh, do you remember last year's The Art of the Steel? Uh, that terribly titled uh, Kurt oh, Russell the, movie. Oh, the Kurt Russell, Jay Baruchel. Yeah, that was actually yeah, yeah, ridiculously yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was all right, though, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, but with uh, George Cl- with George Cl- with um, John Travolta <laughs> and that weird chin thing that he had for that brief amount of time. Uh, oh, the, the little bum floppy, the chin the, floppy. The, the, the tuft that wasn't even central, that was like oh, slightly shit. stuck on to one side. That It was for this movie, uh, apparently. The Forger, which essentially just looks like the art of the steel. Like right. exactly the same fucking movie. Um, it, it, and when, it, when a film now says in selected cinemas and on demand, it means in two cinemas and on demand. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody is going to watch that movie. The only person that's going to watch that movie will be Kelly Preston, taped to a chair, and me. Um, Yeah. It's got Ty Sheridan in it, which is a shame, because he's a really good little actor. Yeah. And have you not seen the trailer for Big Game? No, I haven't, actually, for some reason. Um, I I really should get on that as well. It looks fucking great. 
Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, that doesn't surprise me. That, um, that, yeah. From the director of Rare Export, and essentially it is a young Finnish kid uh, finds the president who's been shot down from his plane uh, and then decides that he's going to protect him from Ray Stevenson. That's all you need, isn't it? Really? it is. There's loads of explosions and loads of stuff going on. The the poster for it is magnificent. It is just, yep, yep, here, have all my money. I want to see you. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Cannot wait for that. Looks brilliant. Spot on, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, beyond that, um, yeah, saw the trailer for at the cinema for Paul Blart 2. Oh, God. Um, were people even asking for this, or is this just something that they decided to make? It made a fucking made a, shitload of money. It did make a fuckload of money, but was anybody saying, why is there a Paul Blart 2? Is anybody, is anybody apart from me and about four other people on Twitter asking for a Tron 3? Well, yeah, fair point there, yeah, good point. Um, I cannot believe, sorry to sidetrack, I cannot believe yeah, that that's they are actually doing another Tron film. No, because Tron Legacy didn't, it didn't bomb, did it? But it didn't do it did, magnificently it well. It did okay, yeah. but we're so past Tron Legacy now that it's just like, what's the point? I, 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 that, and that again is one of those where Tron Legacy has probably done really well viewing figures wise on, on Netflix. That's what I yeah, think it probably yeah. is. Yeah, it, I, d- I don't know. It's just an executive. It, probably, it's, probably... it's kind of. It feels quite close to John Carter getting a sequel at this point, just in terms of like cultural, like wants for it. You know. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it does. It, it, it wouldn't that that would be slightly more surprising, but wouldn't shock me. We'll say. Do you know what? Fucking Tron Legacy production budget hundred and seventy million. It did just over four hundred million worldwide. That's that's all right. That's made its money back. Two and a bit times. Yeah, made its money back. Like we got away with it, guys. Mm. And you know know, why? Why? I mean, I I don't know why I'm arguing against it because I want to see. I like Tron Legacy. I think I think it's a legit good film. Isn't there either a TV series or wasn't there a TV series? Uh, Yeah, Tron Evolution. I want to say. Yeah, I think that did quite well or was quite well received. So maybe they're maybe they're they're looking at it and going, we can market some cool toys. I'm wondering if they'll they'll more kidify it. I would very much think so. Because, like, Tron Legacy is not a kid's film. It, it, you know, like, I don't know, half of it is Jeff Bridges banging on about biodigital jazz or whatever. And, um, I, I, I mean, the, the action sequences are good, but then you've got Michael Sheen as that weird dude with the white suit. And, I mean, I need to, I've got Tron Legacy on, Blue, on Blu-ray, and I need to, I've got it on 3D Blu-ray, actually, and it's still in its fucking cellophane. I need to pop, I need to pop on that at some point. Well, so I, I messaged you uh, on Twitter about the Tron Legacy, uh, Tron, Tron, what, Tron 3, whatever they call it. Um, there, it's one of those where I'll watch it, I'll probably watch it at the cinema. And then, like what happened with Tron Legacy, I'll watch it, and then the minute it's finished, I will forget it even exists until somebody goes, have you seen Tron Legacy? And I go, oh yeah, it's alright, that. Mm. That, 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 that's it that's my thing it's alright I can't remember pretty much anything about it but I remember not you know thinking it was alright um, moving back on to Paul Blart <laughs> yeah it, it, 26 million dollar production budget yeah. made just under 80% of its money in the US alone 
Shit now, enough. considering how over the intervening years, like it was 2009, Paul Blart came out. Considering how the, the, it has so shifted to international in years hence, right? This made 183 million dollars worldwide off a 26 million dollar budget. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it makes 150 million dollars worldwide. What the, the sequel? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say you're probably looking at that. It li- it literally is though from the trailer. It is the very definition of uh, Kevin James Fat Man Fall Down. It's he, the number he falls one. Falls down uh, in a trailer in a three and a half minute trailer. He it, the Fat Man Fall Down joke happens at least four times. It's it's the number one comedy dash bumbling film on box office mojo. What? Comedy dash bumbling? Is, like is that a genre? of comedy. That's bumbling. invented. That's inv- there's, there's one film in that. That film, isn't there? <laughs> there's actually a bunch. 37. Do you, know what the, do you know what the lowest grossing one is in the list? Uh, what? That's fucking brutal. I went to see this film in the cinema. Oh, God, no. What is it? Police Academy 7, Mission to Moscow. I went to see Mission to Moscow at the cinema. But that's cheating, that, because that, I don't think Mission to Moscow was actually released fully in American cinemas. I think it was a TV movie that actually came out or in yeah. uh, international markets as a theatrical release. So that, it says here that it $126,247. Yeah, I don't think that was ever properly released. I think that counted as a, as a TV movie in America. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that Mission to Moscow uh, is a TV movie in America. CRMDB. This is a tangent. We're going down the fucking rabbit hole now. Yeah, I, I'm sure that that, that like, Police Academy series. I'm sure I'm reading something about that Police Academy franchise. Mission. I, I saw Mission to Moscow at the cinema as well. 94 it was, wasn't it? Holy shit. Christopher Lee and Ron Perlman are in it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Early Perlman. God, the budget was $6.2 million and it did 126000 Ron Perlman said he considered his work on this movie a public service by shutting down the Police Academy franchise for over <laughs> 20 years. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was, it, it, or it was originally intended to be a TV movie or something like that. There was something to do with it. But yeah, it's I, I saw that one as well. And then again, I, I saw a couple of the police kind of movies. I'm so myself. fucking tempted to download it and watch it. And I, I, maybe we should do a police kind of marathon. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> what? I think, is that not our next marathon? I think it could be. I'm up for that. Fuck it. <laughs> Starting next week? Yes. Alright, sweet. Police Academy. Oh, that gives me an excuse to buy the uh, box set. There's no fucking way I'm buying the Police Academy box set, but I I, I will watch those films. Yeah, alright, yeah, I'm up for that. Seven weeks of fucking Police Academy films. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, this is going to be fucking glorious. Do you want to do, do one at Noel's wedding, or do you want to do it the week after? We'll start the week after. I don't think I'll get a chance to watch it this week. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Start the week after. Gold. We're going to have that fucking theme tune stuck in our heads for months now. But you know what? I'm looking forward to this. I am as well. 
Uh, right, that's so that was that was trailers. There we go. Uh, yeah. So we're going to play you a uh, clip from or the trailer for uh, Neil Blomkamp's uh, new film Chappie. Hello again. Uh, so it's day nine hundred and forty-four. I'm extremely close now to creating the world's first machine that can think and feel. You are Chappie. Chappie. Good. Yes. It's like a child. It has to learn. I do believe the problem with artificial intelligence is it's way too unpredictable. This is a new step in evolution. I am consciousness. I am alive. I am Chappie. Don't let people take away your potential, Chappie. You could write music, poetry. Everyone's right. There's a lot of concern that maybe we will be destroyed by artificial intelligence. Violent protests have erupted all over. I'm a soldier first. My main interest is to protect and to serve. This robot, he's got to be removed. You can't do this. He's special. Destroy that robot. Burn it to ash. Where are you going, mate? I don't want to die. I want to live. Chappy, listen to me. Something of great danger is coming to destroy the future of the planet. If you want to protect us, Chappy, Chappy must fight. Here we go. You told us so much more than I could ever have imagined. I'm scared. You think you're real. Do you know what's in here? A bunch of wires, mate. He's more than just a machine. This is the day of reckoning. Okay, that was a trailer for Chappie, Neil Blomkamp's third film, is it? Yeah? Uh, yeah. I believe. It uh, stars um, Charlton Copley's voice, Dev Patel, uh, Watkin Tudor Jones, aka Ninja, um, Yolandi Visor, um, uh, Sigourney Weaver, uh, Huge Action, um, and a few other people that people will recognise from other Neil Blomkamp movies. Um, essentially set in an unspecific time. Is it our time? Is it future time? It's set in Neil Blomkamp's world. Sure. We'll say uh, in Johannesburg, uh, where Dev Patel uh, has invented a sort of. Um, they're called. Scouts, is it they're called? I think, remember, yeah? Uh-huh, yeah. I saw a film like a couple of days ago as well. No, no, totally um, Scouts. They're called Scouts, where they're essentially, they are uh, robots that are helping the um, overworked Johannesburg police force um, and are driving down crime. Um, at the same time, Dev Patel has decided that he's um, trying to come up with uh, a- an actual AI program that can think for itself. Um, he then needs one of the scouts to um, to put this chip in um, to see if it'll actually work. Uh, it was told by Sigourney Weaver that he can't have it, so he steals one at the same time. Uh, Ninja and Yolanda's uh, crew 
uh, decide that they're going to uh, kidnap him to actually uh, program or to get a remote control for these scouts uh, so that they can have a heist to pay off a, for some reason, subtitled... Um, Crime Lord, it would appear in some description. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that 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 is bizarre. That that guy literally like every single one of his lines is subtitled. When, when you can understand what he's saying, but we'll come to that later yeah, on. Sure, um, sure. So, um, Chappie, uh, Ian, you really, really liked this film, didn't you? Yeah, um, I just want to say as well. Only one of the Police Academy films is over ninety minutes long, and it's the first one, and it's ninety-two. Fucking hell! Well, wow. I'm already, I am already looking forward to this marathon just from that alone. And you can absolutely watch them on a train journey. Totally train, but yeah, that's the thing. I do police, I do them over two days on the train. I'm done. Yeah, all good. Yeah, that's it. They, they are not cinematic movies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but yes, uh, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, right. Okay. So Chappie, yeah, no, I, I very much enjoy Chappie. I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say it's perfect. Um, and I'm not going to say it's just a reaction against the drubbing it was getting last week. Um, I think it's genuinely got some really interesting big ideas at play, but uh, um, it's also got some very silly stuff, and I think that maybe the the, the tonal shifts are unexpected and maybe unwelcome for some. Uh, I quite enjoyed it myself, Um, but it does feel like a kind of an R-rated film that, if it had some elements toned down, could appeal to kids. But as it is, it's kind of a, a weird beast. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really, personally, I really, 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 really liked it. I could see how someone may not connect with it, but I don't see how anyone hates it. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's Chappie is it, it, it as a film. It is a complete mess of ideas. There's far too much. There's far too much going on. There's far too much stories going on. There's it, it's trying to be too many fucking movies at, at once. Um, Blomkamp appears to have cast a South African hip hop group in it, um, and. Book almost customers kind of like versions of themselves, um, which I can only think that either he really likes the band or the band really like him, which is what I understand is that they have talked quite a lot about how big fans they are of his movies and things like that. Um, and so he cast these guys in it, and both of them, frankly, are terrible actors. Um, and it's there's little there's there's a lot of there's a lot of cherry picking from different films within Chappie as well and I'll be honest if you'd have asked me uh, after it what I thought of it and uh, what rating of out of 10 I'd have given it um I, I'd have probably given it like a, a a six to six and a half out, out of 10 and I saw it on Monday night uh, if you were to ask me now, or well, you are asking people are asking me now. I suppose this is asking me now what I'd give it. Um, I haven't had a few days to kind of think on the ridiculousness that is Chappie. Um, I'm at an eight to eight and a half uh, with it. This film has grown on me so much uh, over the past few days. 
Um, the I, I'm starting to be very much like in the camp of I can see how people could not get on with it, but there is so much heart in this movie that I don't see how people could be have that much venom against it that they seem to have against it. Um, for a start off, the character itself of Chappie is such an endearing character that I don't see how people could 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 dislike it. The problems with the film are that Neil Blomkamp um, needs somebody to say to him, no, at some point, or rein him in a little bit. Um, because I, there's so many bits that don't work, there's so many bits that aren't explained... But as a central character, I fell for the central character so much that I'm looking forward to a rewatch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the, the, the great success of, of the film, I think, is Chappie himself. And, um, I mean, you know, by having him be kind of like a baby at first, it is a fairly easy way of getting you emotionally involved, I think. Exactly, but yeah. His internal debates and the way that, you know, he kind of wants to be a gangster, but, but if, if they're actually asking him to do something, then he, get, he gets scared. That feels like a very much like what, you know, the, uh, the whole kind of poser kind of thing. So I think that it, it feels like quite a, a real world empathetic thing there. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, he's also, I mean, he's also laugh out loud funny. The bit mm. where he's trying to steal the cars, or he is stealing <laughs> the cars, you know, and, he, and he, he, he's just like, you don't steal daddy's cars! You don't steal daddy's cars! And he's just smashing that first car up. <laughs> it's amazing. And like he's just like doing that. He thinks he's done such a good job and he just gets in with the two guys like, what the fuck? It's, it's the, the, brilliant. There's a, there's a great mannerisms to his, his kind of... It, and there's, there's an excitement to, to his, his movements and mannerisms yeah. of, you know, he does just seem like a kid that's just got a little bit caught up in a moment. And... and it's that that creates this this great endearing character within within Chappie himself. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, and you've got that playful stuff. But then towards the end, you've got crazy stuff like him talking to Dev Patel and basically asking God, "Why have you made me so that I just die?" Mm. You know, which I, I think is an aspect of the film that seems to be getting rather under discussed, frankly. Um, and I think maybe because it's got silly stuff that people want to talk about. But, I mean, it's dealing with these big concepts, and, and the, the, the idea of consciousness and whether you could actually upload a consciousness and what would it look like and that, that, that kind of thing. I mean, that's fascinating. The fact that he kind of does it with the computing power of, like, six PS4s stacked on top of each other, I think, is quite funny. But... Uh, nice Sony product placement excuse. Yeah, so, it was very good, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's um, I, mean, I, I, I think scenes like that. I mean, there's real emotional engagement there, not just because oh he's a baby and he's learning and he's funny. It's like no, you know, that is a real. If there is a god, why? It, it, I think that's a very, very good question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sorry. It, go on. It, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a. It, the thing is, a lot of the what seems to be getting criticised about Chappie as well is is the fact that it, it it's 
it's you know it's an original film but it's not dealing with original ideas and it's a little bit like well yeah it's not it, that's correct it's not dealing with original ideas but not films don't have to deal in original ideas they have to deal you know it, you can have a film that doesn't deal in original ideas, but deals in them very, very well, or in an entertaining way, or in a slightly different way, and that's it's a fine. different way. I think is crucial to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what that's what Chappie does. Um, you know, it, it, the thing about Blomkamp, it, it, he's dealing with a lot of ideas. Well, it, it, it's again, he's got the you know, the obsession with um, segregation and things like that. And he's also dealing with the, you know, the concept of, you know, why did my maker make me? And he, he, there's, a, there's a lot going on. And I think that is one of the actual criticisms that I can, I can accept, certainly, with Chappie, is, it, it is there is too much going on. It's almost like he's gone, I want to make... Robocop and Mad Max and AI and all in one movie all at the same time and I want it to be, you know, fun but I want it to be serious but I want it, and it, he's, he's just he's throwing way too much at it, uh, but the bits that do stick are really are really, really good Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to say I mean, it I, should I have ended five got... minutes before it did but that's by the way I don't know, I kind of like the ending, uh, the, the very ending. I but, um, didn't need Mummy Bot. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, I was fine with that. I like the idea that, that, you know, it was going up into a robot that's had kind of a physical upgrade as well, you know, looks more like a human. Like the, I mean, I've heard some people say this, I, I would echo it. I mean, like, it might be that, you know, that film going forward would be more interesting than maybe the last act of Chappie. Uh, the the yeah the Ed two o nine drone was was boring frankly yeah yeah no it was I mean it, but I mean, it, it was quite I thought it was quite well staged but I mean it was kind of a right how do we get all the bad guys in the one place at the one time and yeah. uh, it, it, you know it, it, yeah I, it, it kind of to be honest I think it kind of had to be there just considering the rest of the film didn't have that much action in it really um you know like proper hardcore action sequences yeah you need something that would define it as as having like you say an action set piece because there isn't there isn't much else there there's a few kind of um you know gang related fisticuffs but other than that there's 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 not a lot um Mm You know, I think when the film for me shined when you're dealing with Chappie as a character, when you're dealing with the the peripheral characters, it, it doesn't. And there's so many characters outside of Chappie that you know that essentially are using him as a means to an end. Um, you know, the only ones that end up actually having you know, everyone seems to end up having some kind of affection or been affected by Chappie and ends up. You know, going from seeing him as as a, you know, either as proof that uh, AI is possible, or a, a, you know, a, a scout that's going to help them uh, do this heist, or blah, or blah, or blah. Instead of that, they start to see it as uh, as, a, as a as a essentially a person that's not a person, I suppose, as a consciousness. Uh, they start to see him as that. But by then, a lot of those characters of have gone beyond that point of redemption. Um, Dev Patel's character is just there's there's nowhere near enough character development in him at all. Then there's there's 
the um, Ninja and Yolanda character, they're just cartoons. There's, it does seem like Blomkamp's not really thought this out too well. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's that, and there's the fact that, I mean, Christ, they're wearing T-shirts with their band names on, and towards the end, I think Yolanda's actually got a T-shirt that says Chappie on it. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't... Does. It doesn't make any sense. And you know? Ninja's wearing a T-shirt with her on it. Yeah, I think oh, that's it. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is... I I don't get the rationale for for them. It doesn't make sense. No, the, the thing is, this is, like you said, this is kind of Blomkamp world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I read all District 9 and uh, Elysium on, on the kind of like the, the, the road up to this as such. I mean... The, the thing is, this feels... It, to me, it kind of does feel like a different world from those two, whereas Elysium, you had what was supposed to be L.A., but it just felt like Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it just, like, it may as well have just been Johannesburg. You know, it was kind of weird that it was they even tried to make it L.A. But then with this, you know, it, it's this kind of... It is Johannesburg, but it's kind of like this even more dirty... Um, slightly in the future Johannesburg, but kind of like um, juxtaposed against kind of clean, clerical, sterile office. Like, I really like the fact that they just worked in office cubicles. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was nice. It was, it was a good touch. It was a nice kind of idea that even though that, he'd, that he, he was just an employee that happened to have invented something that went really well, he, he didn't go full Miguel Ferrer in uh, Robocop. Yeah, and I mean, like, the, the fact that, you know, Dev Patel's saying to Sigourney, to Sigourney Weaver, look, I have a robot, we, we got one that, like, can paint pictures and make poetry. And she quite, you know, you'd actually think, yeah, this is exactly what a CEO would say. It's just like, we're weapons manufacturer. You just yeah. came to the CEO of a weapons manufacturing company and had to sell me on a robot that could do poetry. I, I you know, I thought that was quite a, a, an interesting conversation. A huge action as well. I like the way that he's... He's both like he's got the religious thing going on where he's worried about it, it, machines becoming sentient, but also it's office politics. It's this guy's successful, I'm not. Yeah, what's up with that? It, it's both angles. I, I also I, I like the fact that that his idea is terrible. His his, his droid thing that, that is controlled by the mind is is just so flawed that it gets destroyed really really quickly. I like the fact that it clearly is not a good idea. So you can see why they've said to him, it doesn't work. I like the fact that it doesn't work. It works really well uh, with with that. It, it was it was a good touch, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it, it's, um, I, it, again, I think there is a, a, a case to maybe be made for the fact that um, why, why are they trying to get them to be, like, just, like, like police community support officers or whatever, why don't they have them in war zones? But then again, like you say, he is also a bit rubbish, so... Yeah, yeah, It's, just, it's weird that they're going for that market. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a great moment where, where you say, you know, it can do this and it can take down, uh, it, it, you know, it can take on aircraft and things like that, and the, the, the police guy who's there who's just eating just goes, why would we need that? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's... I did really enjoy the fact that it, it is it, at no point is it a good idea, and the only time where Scott Weaver says just yes, use it is when he says, "Look, it can kill Chappie," and that's like, "Well, if it can, if that's the one thing it can do, then fuck it, do it." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it can't even do it. 
it has a good go at it, in fairness. But, it, has, um, it, has a, it has a good, it has a good crack. But yeah, it, it, it's it's deeply flawed. The fact that it shoots out the the uh, the camera and then that's it. That it's like, oh shit, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, I I I, I, I mean, there, you know, there are problems with there are problems with the film, but. I, I don't know. I had more than enough goodwill towards it for the stuff that worked I to get me over the hump. I have a feeling if this film, right, had been made in 1988, right, or 89, um, had been made then, and it was the same film, right, a lot of the people that are bitching and moaning about it would be talking about it as a wonderful cult classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is that. that. Um, and this is coming from somebody who's I, I really enjoyed District 9 um, and like I, I'm saying I said when we were talking about Chappie a few weeks ago when I went into District 9 I, I didn't like the look of it I thought it looked a bit hokey but I really really liked it I really liked the look of Elysium and just didn't get on with it thought it was it was very weak um, with Chappie I didn't like the look of it uh, and then went in and for the first 20 minutes I was like not feeling this, not feeling this at all. And then it started to grow me. And when it finished, I was very much right. That was a mess. But the the things that have stayed with me a few days later are the good bits. They're not the bad bits. So they're the bits that are sticking with me. And very much so is, um, I'm very much looking forward to a rewatch. And on a rewatch, I might go, ah, do you know what? No, no. The bad bits are, are too bad, but on a rewatch, I might actually turn around and go, "Actually, you know what? Fuck it, I don't care. It's it is it's not perfect, but most movies aren't fucking perfect. It'd be boring if every movie was perfect. And you know, it, there are certain eccentricities within Chappie that are irritating, but at least they're interesting and they're not safe. I mean, that this this is the thing. You've got people saying how homogenised, like, films that come out in multiplexes are these days. And, like you say, they're playing it safe. It's all sequel, sequel, remake, remake, sequel, sequel, remake, remake. Chappie is not safe. It's not exactly original, but I I wouldn't call it, like, a remake or a sequel of anything. No, absolutely Um, not, no. Yeah, you know, it's not homogenized. It's very much the work of a, a di- of a singular director. It's also it's very well directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know it, what what Blomkamp does really well, which is promising on one level for the Alien, his Alien Five movie, is he amps up tension and emotion really, really well. You know. Yeah. When you've got the bit where um, he's trying to send the consciousness into uh, Dev Patel, I was, it was getting me there. Um, not when it was sent to Dev Patel, I couldn't give a shit about Dev Patel's character. Um, but I was getting it because if it hadn't have worked, Chappie would have been devastated. And then when they're sending it, uh, when Chappie's consciousness is going to what is it, I was going. It, 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 like, it's got to happen. It's either the, the last shot has either got to be them going in shooting up Dev Patel's scout, and then the last shot of the film is just Chappie waking up in another scout, or something like that. 
you know, I was worried that he wasn't that it wasn't going to work for Chappie. Um, and also the bit where uh, Ninja and America drop him off, um, and those kids start just throwing. Oh stuff yeah, at him. man, that bit's horrible. That was yeah. that was that fucking got me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. Blomkamp is a very very good director. I just don't think he's a great writer. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think the writing in this and Elysium, I mean, especially Elysium, were, were their weakest, uh, were the weakest aspects. But I, I, it just, you know, you've got people compl- complaining about that stuff, and then it seems like these same people are the first ones to try and like the race to the best snarky tweet that they can about it. And it's basically this is why we can't have nice things. It is absolutely. You know, I. I got so much more out of Chappie than I, I thought I would do. Charlotte Copley as, as Chappie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, as that, he, he managed to convey so much emotion just through through voice. And I don't know how, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how Chappie was done, whether or not it was, was it motion captured or, or is that complete CG? I, I, I assume it must be motion captured. Apparently it was like a really crude form of motion capture. They kind of like Charlotte Copley did the moves and they kind of animated over him, but I don't think they had the mocap suit. Yeah, it, 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 it's. I, I thought Chappie was a really well done thing, and as a as a film on a whole, it's certainly not. A, it certainly has flaws, big flaws within it. Um, but fuck it, I I really liked it, and like you said, I I would be prepared to to go to to back for it. Because... Yeah, this is yes, this is exactly it. It's a film I feel like I'm ready to kind of fight. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I absolutely would be, and I'm before it. Um, before I watched it, there's uh, HMV really uh, announced that they're going to have a, a steelbook. Um, oh, it's a nice looking steelbook as well, and it's a nice looking steelbook. And I thought, fucking hell, the movie ain't even out, and there's already a fucking steelbook of it. Do you know what? Day one, be there buying it. <laughs> Without fucking nice. question, and I'm nice. I'm very much looking forward to a rewatch. Let's say if I'd have watched this on my own uh, and not hadn't got to watch it with Becky, um, I'd have happily said to Bex, "Do you know what? I- I'll go and watch it with you again. I'd happily what watch did, it again." What did she think of it? She really liked it. Really got her uh, at points. Uh, she said same thing. Uh, was said it's a mess, but it works. You know, there's yeah. there's some bits in it that don't work. But the bits when it does work are enough for it to be to be great. You know, it, it's if they'd have spent any more time with the outside characters, uh, with Dev Patel or Hugh Jackman or uh, Diane Wood, um, then you know, then then this film would have fallen flat on its face. But the fact that the title character is the main fucking character is what works for this. Mm-hmm. Definitely not shit. No, def- definitely not shit. Um, I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised by it, uh, and that's nice. always a nice feeling. Good. Bumper issue of uh, what have you been watching rather than one of one new. I have a feeling we might have some crossover in this. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. go, take it away. Okay, uh, just bringing up my letterbox profile. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I watched uh, Supernova. Um, which is uh, the um, the film that 
they couldn't use the Alan Smithy credit on for some reason, so they had to come up with a new one. So directed by Thomas Lee, but actually, I think directed by Walter Hill and Jack Shoulder, and then I think he yeah. left the project. So I think Jack Shoulder came on, and then he left the project, and I think Francis Ford Coppola did some work on it. Yep. Um, anybody else? Am I missing anybody? No, I, th- I think the bulk of it apparently was uh, Hill. On Netflix, it says director Walter Hill, despite the fact that the film itself says directed by Thomas Lee. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's go with that. So, um, yeah, I'd never seen this before, but I'd always heard of it. And uh, if anybody doesn't know, I mean, basically, you know, it was um, very... Well, I don't know if it was a troubled production. It's just like they didn't seem to know what they were doing with it. Uh, And uh, the the film itself kind of bears this out. Um, So the film as it is, the the released version, basically finds uh, the crew of a medical rescue vessel, um, a a kind of an ex-military pilot who's trying to get over a drug addiction, played by uh, James Spader, um, has come on as a member of the crew. And they get a distress call from someone like like, galaxies away, and the identifier on it is uh, somebody that the, one of the doctors on the the, the the vessel, played by Angela Bassett, like, an ex of hers, um, but they, they, they basically, they, they have to go and rescue them because they're a medical rescue vessel or whatever, so uh, off they go, they dimension jump, spoiler alert for the first 15 minutes of Supernova, Robert Forster is, I think, third build in the film. Yeah, he is. And has maybe two scenes before he's killed. Um, <laughs> where he's... He, they, they, this dimension jump thing happens, and the, the, it's, it's like there is an element of danger to it, and uh, it happens, and then he's turned into this, like, horrific, mutated splotch, and is, uh, is put out of his misery. And, uh, yeah, which is bizarre, because literally, he's third build, and every single other member of the cast has more to do than he has. The ship's computer has more to do than Robert Forster has in this film. And the thing is, again, it's a part of this which makes me kind of feel like, yeah, there must have been some stuff on the cutting room floor, because his first scene... edited it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know whether, like, the studio, just, like, his one directive was get to the fucking monkey, so it was just everything he could do to just plot, 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 he just did. So you've got this bit in the beginning where he's watching a Tom, Tom and Jerry cartoon, and he's, like, talking about the, the, the violence and how we're all attracted to violence, and you're kind of thinking, oh, this is actually kind of an interesting character moment, I, I wonder what they're going to do with this, nothing. Um, there's a bit with two of the uh, the, 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 the ship's um, inhabitants, they're shagging each other and uh, what, they're trying to get a licence to have a baby and where does that go? Nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it just, it's, uh, oh yeah, Angela Bassett hates the sight of James Spader for the first 20 minutes of the film and then just starts shagging him and then they're best friends. Um, but anyway, uh, they do this dimension jump. They find the guy. Well, it's not the guy. It's the guy's son. Um, but, you know, he does very much look like the guy and whatnot. And um, he's hoarding some, like, space 
thingy that could cause a supernova and destroy the world and start it over again and uh, violence happens so yeah all over the fucking place mm. and also really weirdly horny <laughs> like it, it just mo- I'm, I'm actually tempted to say most of the scenes have a subtext about sex to them and it's really it, it, it's just Jesus Christ, what was it I was watching the other day that I said somebody really needed to get laid? Oh, no, Ex Machina. Yeah. Like, where Alex Garland just needed to rub one out. Well, not rub one out, sorry, jerk one out. Um, That would be a change. Um, (laughs) But here, it just... It's constantly, like, innuendo, and then, like, really shit scenes of people doing it in zero-G. Um... I, I, it, 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 it just it, it very very odd and then the last like third of the film is the most generic slasher sci-fi horror stuff you've ever seen and it is people criticise the third act of Sunshine and watching Supernova I slightly understand where where they're coming from just in terms of I think Sunshine does genuinely interesting stuff um, in the last third, even though in my aborted book, the one interview I did for it, the person kind of suggested it was kind of being made up as it went along, which destroyed me. It's one of the reasons why I didn't really pursue the book, because going down that, that road kind of led me to think maybe Sunshine wouldn't be my favourite film anymore. And, you know, I'm not too sure I want to waste my time doing it if that's the case yeah. you don't want to, you don't but, want to do all that work in a film you love to find out after it you don't love it as much as you did when you started yeah yeah um that was kind of the impression i got from that interview but anyway the thing is with sunshine you've got that section before it all goes mad and space and time merge at the end where it's basically uh pinbacker is going around this ship and he's stabbing people for about 10 15 minutes you know, it's like he um, he stabs Kappa, and then um, and then Kura's on um, sees the plant, and then she gets killed, uh, and you know, it, it just kind of it, it's a little bit like that for a bit. It goes slash a sci-fi horror, and that's what this film does. There's about a 15 minute stretch where it's literally character has interaction with bad guy, bad guy kills character, another character has interaction with bad guy, bad guy kills character. I think it happens three times in a row. And, uh, and and then the, the ending happens. So it's just, it is, it's super messy, but it's got, occasionally it's got interesting ideas in there that, are, you know, you just want them to actually look into, but they don't. Um, and in the end, the ending's bloody ridiculous, and it, it's just, oh, yeah, well done, you're pregnant. And that's the end of the film, and then it just ends. Um, it, it, it just, it's, it's a bad film, and... It's on Netflix UK. It's Isn't trashy it? as fuck. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, 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 basically, I spent two days watching it on the train. Jeez. Um, that's, that's only a 90-minute film as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's that's the thing. I've got, like, 20, 25-minute train rides to and from work. So if I've got a 90-minute Netf- uh, film on Netflix, I can get through it just in two days on the train. That's not too bad, then. It's, it's a funny one. It's Supernova. I, 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 I've, uh, I saw it when it came out. Um not since it's then, and I have no intention really of rewatching it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a funny one. It's a strange. It's strange to give Walter Hill, let's be honest, 
This film, yeah. You know, a budget of near 90 million to make a, a sci-fi film. Shut the front door! Supernova cost 90 million! Uh, budget was around about uh, 65-70 and then they spent a fortune redoing it to get it done. I think essentially um, Hill left the project um, because they wouldn't give him money to do reshoots because it tested badly or something like that. Um, This was MGM in the early noughties where basically if you spent one penny over the budget... they take it off you. They screened it, I think. They test screened it um, before any of the effects were done. So they test screened it's it. Pretty effects heavy filming. Without any so effects. And, and Hill basically said, you know, when they said to Hill, something like, you know, we're going to do it, he said, well, that's a fucking stupid idea. It, it's, a, it's a sci-fi movie. How can you, you know, and it's, effect, it's an effects movie. How can you screen it without any effects? You fucking idiots. And yeah. you, you can imagine Hill actually saying that, you know, what is it? If you've ever seen interviews with Hill, he, he is very much like that. And they said, well, we're going to do it. And he said, well, fuck you then, do it. And then when it tested badly, badly, he just said, well, what the fuck did you expect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need this much money to do it. And then essentially when they said no, he went, fuck you, then I quit. And so they pulled somebody else in um, to, to redo it. Then they fucked it all up. Um, I think it was Jack... Uh, Jack Shoulder. Shoulder yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then so. they gave it to Coppola and said, oh, can you edit this together? This f- footage that this guy shot, this guy shot, and then somebody else has shot as well. Uh, and so Coppola did that and, and took... I think Coppola got paid a million dollars to just edit it. And that's it. But, I mean, would you... You wanted to edit all this crap together, right? Would you give it to Coppola, who famously is just very kind of in his own time, um, edit it. And also, well, this is late Coppola, well, late-ish Coppola, when essentially he was just, he'll have been, he'll have spent more time counting out his dollar bills than he will than actually editing the fucking movie. I mean, the thing is, it, but the thing is, literally, it's like, he was just like, right, which scenes have the sex in? Right, we'll have those scenes and the scene preceding it. And which scenes have the plot in? Okay, or, or action. Okay, we'll have those. Any after the after the dimension jump, which happens really early on, anything involving character at all is gone. Yeah, it, it, and say what you want about Sunshine; those characters are fucking distinctive. Well, I think so. <laughs> um, right. Uh, seeing as you've uh, done, I think the next, the other two I've got to talk about, there'll be crossover in. So I'm going to talk about one where I where I know there'll be no crossover because I don't think you've watched it recently, but I know it's a film that you are a particular did, defender can I, of. Can I just ask? Did you watch The Loft? I haven't yet. No. Okay, I'll talk about it in a minute then. All right. No, yeah. sorry. Go on. Um, this is a film that I know you're a big defender of, and it's, it's actually it's my first watch of it. I've never actually oh, watched it. I'm intrigued. Um, it is the 2009 Tony Scott remake of The Taking of Pelham 123. Lick my bunghole, motherfucker! <laughs> yes, that's a, a glorious line. Um, I love the original Taking of Pelham 123. It's a magnificent film. Um... But I'd had um, a particularly fucking <laughs> horrible Sorry. day um, on on Monday um, at work, and then I burnt my hand cooking, so I was in a bad mood, and I just wanted to watch something that would just 
just float over me that would just be entertaining. And we have been just flicking through Netflix and we came across taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. And I thought, I've not seen this remake. I know Ian loves it. I know the rest of the world seems to hate it. But I love Tony Scott. Like, did a piece of film about it as part of my yes, I, yeah, series. Yeah, you, you did, yes. Uh, and, and I I thought, do you know what? The, what's, where's the reason? This is this is a film which stars Denzel Washington, which is normally great, especially if you take it to fact Denzel Washington with Tony Scott. Tony Scott is normally great. Even when he's not great, he's still entertaining. And Crazy John Travolta, which watching Crazy John Travolta a week after the Oscars kind of makes sense in a way. Uh, so I thought, fuck it, I'm going to give it a go. And what I'll say is, yes, the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 is not a patch on the punch uh, and the, the claustrophobicness and the tension of the original. Oh, and the perfect last line. One of oh. the, in context, one yeah. of the best final lines in film history, genuinely. Yes, I The original was... taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Absolutely, 100% agree with you on that. It is magnificent. Oh, Gesundheit. Yeah. It, oh, oh, so good. Oh, it is, it's wonderful. Um, but what I found straight away with the Taylor Pelham 1 to 3 is it is a Tony Scott film. Straight away, it is a Tony Scott film. He makes it his film. And he's a, I, I adore Tony Scott movies. They're, they're magnificent. Um, I think it, I think he's, he's a fantastically under-celebrated director um, for just making pure fucking... Adult entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there are a few that touch him. Um, and for those who don't know, taking Pelham one, two, three, you've got uh, Denzel Washington's character. Um, he's uh, Walter Garber, who he is a, a dispatcher on the New York subway, but he, he he's almost he's essentially he's been demoted there because he's under investigation for taking a bribe, um, where. Essentially, he said that the city should go for uh, X train rather than Y train, and they, the city thinks that he has been bribed at doing that, so he's on investigation. So he's taken a demotion uh, for a time being. Why is that investigation? And he's a dispatcher. Everyone, no one thinks. Everyone on sort of the floor doesn't think he did it. Everyone above him thinks he did do it, and he's somewhat of a hero to the other people, other dispatchers he's working with, because he knows everything that's going on. Then you've got John Travolta's uh, rider, um, who was hijacking a um, a train with uh, Luis Guzman and a few other guys, uh, and is making these demands uh, that he wants ten million dollars. Um, straight away, that's what he wants, nothing more, nothing less, and essentially he hijacks a train and puts it in a very special position, um, where it, it's all well thought out and everything's working there, and essentially he hijacks it and says that he, unless he uh, gets it at a certain time, he's going to start killing passengers. Uh, you've got, at the centre of it, you've got this this wonderful, balls-out, fucking crazy John Travolta, where he goes into these mad monologues every so often where he starts talking about the system and talking about how it's breaking you down and how it's doing this and doing... And it's, it is one of those things where it is... It, the, the phrase, so bad it's good, gets used a lot. And the majority of the time, 90% of the time, it's not right. For instance, the room isn't so bad it's good. It's just shit. 
you are celebrating a shit movie. Not so bad that it's good, it's not so bad that it's entertaining. It's shit. I quite enjoy watching the very it's, it's terrible. Discussion so, for another time. Yeah, it, it, it's terrible. It's it's one of those things why we, people loving the room and going about how great it is, it's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, however, Travolta's performance, he's so into it. He's gone so fucking down a rabbit hole that he's saying stuff that you that you imagine that half of it he's just making up in his brain as he's going along. And people are going to Tony Scott going, Tony, this isn't in the script. And Tony's going, who gives a fuck? This is gold. And even Washington, the Washington's going, this isn't in the script, but it's kind of funny, so I like it. It, it's just, it's, like you say, the the lick my bunghole, motherfucker. There's no way that's in the script. There is no way that's there. But it's the fact that Travolta's character seems to go through it. Kind of, he's essentially playing them. But he kind of gets, the, you get the feeling that he does like Walter Garvey. He does like Denzel Washington's character. He enjoys talking to him, yeah. Yes. That's, it's it's like it's a weird relationship they have. It's one of the things I most like about the film. Sorry. Yeah, and it, it's great that they, they build up this almost this almost kind of friendship and it's everything that, that that Denzel Washington says to the people above him end up being true. And other people end up finding it out and then going like for instance James Gandolfini, the mayor they're sat in this room at halfway through the film and they're going well, he's talking about this, and he's talking about this, talking about this. He's a Wall Street trader. And it's like, yeah, do you know what? Denzel Washington fucking told you that 14 minutes ago, and nobody fucking, nobody believed him. Nobody actually went, oh, this guy, this guy might know what he's talking about. And then you've got, in a similar way, not as much punchy, but you've got the great moment where the sort of, it's not the climax of the film, but essentially it is the climax where something happens and then John Travolta turns around to Denzel Washington's character and says, you're my goddamn fucking hero. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fuck, do you know what? For a film that has been this much just entertainment, not wonderful, but just this much entertainment, it just went fucking sharp for me. It's like, for how on the edge of, of just bad... John Travolta, bad but entertaining, has been. That line is magnificent, and it was like mm. I, by that point I was like, I th- do you know what? I think I might love this movie. Nice. I, I, I got to it where I was like, yeah, I I know what Ian's talking about. I I am at that point where I will. Do, and, and you also know that Travolta that, that, that Scott had the idea for Unstoppable whilst making this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that, for and, sure. And man. they are great partners, but it got to the end of this movie, and I was like, I, I can't see what people's issues were. This is a Tony it, Scott It's because movie. it's not the original, and yeah. also it's Tony Scott in that time where it was cool to trash on Tony Scott for his editing style, which in a film like Domino, personally, I, 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 I find that it all... It, yeah, a lot of people do seem to like Domino. I'm not one of them. I, it, it's the editing style borders on the parodic mm. um, for for Tony Scott there, but you can't say that would take 
Kingdom Helen 1, 2, 3. Yes, there's a lot of, like, kind of, like, fast cuts and things like that. But the things that people celebrate Tony Scott for after he died, it feels like people were taking the piss out of him for before he died. Exactly. Tony Scott is a, is a, is, is a genuine filmmaker that I absolutely miss. Because oh, mate, it, 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 it's pal yeah, like, it hurts it how much he's missed. Because, you know, it, it, the, the problem is, I, I think, personally, I, I might be talking bollocks, but the reason why I don't think Tony Scott is ever as as large as, as he should be um, is because he's Ridley Scott's brother. Yeah, sure. Now, Ridley Scott has made a couple of better movies that, than, than Tony Scott has made. So, for instance, Alien. Blade Room. But on a whole, if you were to offer me, right, you can, one of these filmmakers' um, filmography has to be wiped out of cinema. Their influences and everything will still be there, but just the films. So not even wiped out of cinema. You can never not, never watch another Tony Scott movie again, or you can never watch another Ridley Scott movie again. I'd look at it and go, Holy fuck. So I can't watch Beverly Hills Cop. I can't watch Last Boy Scout. I can't watch True Romance. I can't watch Crimson Tide. The Fan, Spy Game, Man on Fire, Deja Vu, or now this. I could sacrifice all of those for Alien alone, personally, but Alien is literally <laughs> my number two favourite yeah, film of all time. That, so. I, I, I'd really fucking struggle. I, I really would. And, you know, you look at that, you're, you're saying, saying to me that... that I don't understand how how the guy right who made those movies that I just listed there and they were almost in a fucking row by the way. Sure, sure, he's sure. Not as, he's not thought of better than he is. It, 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 it's it's perplexing. Yeah, the thing is, his some of his films did, but I culturally the whole kind of 80s excess thing and uh, the idea of more, more, more. There's a lot of that in Tony Scott films. I mean, I think what his films were uh, kind of represent, at least for a certain period of time, I think people are awfully down on. But if you look at the films of their own individual merits, then... I, you know, I, I, I think that argument becomes in, invalid. But I, the thing is, I can see why people would culturally have a problem with Tony Scott films. But it, I, 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 you know, I don't agree with it. Yeah. And I, I, it's just that it seems like now after he's died, people, people are, are just like shit. Yeah, he was great. Our bad, hey, basically. And as well, he's he's very much he's a. He's a middle finger director. He's a, fuck you, that, this is my movie. Fuck you, this is my movie. Fuck you, this is my movie. There's no, ah, oh, well, I, I, I'll maybe, you know, it, it, he made, people who lament and say, we don't get any great R-rated, you know, 60 million, which is the idea, and when people say it, it makes me laugh because it's complete utter bullshit. Um, oh, we don't get any more R rated for adults movies that are blah and blah and blah that are just entertainment movies. We fucking do. But Tony Scott made those and made them ridiculously well. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, I mean, I don't know. There, there aren't many voices in Hollywood film like him anymore. I mean, I think the closest analogue I can think of these days would be somebody like Matthew Vaughan, who has no filter. Yeah. And just, I, just in terms of his, what he, how his, his persona is. I'd Matthew say. Vaughan does not give a fuck. And whether no, you agree with him or not, you can never accuse that man of hiding behind spin or oh, PR. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he's a complete utter twat. But you yeah. know, he, he, he. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. He, he has his opinions, and I believe that his opinions are absolutely his opinions. And you know. He's taking them from the world that he's he's within. He's got some interesting shit to say, though. I mean, like sometimes he doesn't say it in the right ways. When I know a lot of people have been down on him um, for on that for, mm. but yeah, you know, I mean, like um, Kermode's doing this the business of film podcast, the most yeah. free part thing, and, the, and he's fucking fascinating on that. He is, the, the, you know, and and at one the the, the thing I found with that uh, with him in that is. There's points where I'm going, I agree with what you're saying there. I agree with what you're saying. He contradicts himself a few times. There's bits where I agree with him, and there's other bits where I go, I agree with you, but you're being a massive cunt about it. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And there's bits that I, I think, filmically-wise, the closest we've got to Tony Scott at the moment out there is something like Joe Carnahan. You know, oh, oh, in terms hero. of film, yeah. yes, yeah, no, no, one, one hundred thousand percent. Yeah, and I mean, like Tony Scott obviously was very on board with Joe Carnahan early on as well. Yeah, and, um, and didn't he produce Narc? He, I know he produced the Eight. Yeah, the eight he, he did. Yeah, and Carnahan, you know, he says he was like my mentor and my hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, totally. and you can absolutely see that, um, and you know, and again, Carnahan's very similar in his outspoken views uh, of, of of Hollywood. You know, and whereas it, it's Scott, by the time he got to the point of where he was being outspoken, had built up enough of a cachet uh, that he could still get the money, and he still he, he still had a, a fan base. Cannon's not quite done that. However, he does keep on tickling our balls by releasing the occasional um, image from what would have been the A Team sequel. I know, I want that movie. Uh, right, go on then, Ian. Um, can we keep tangenting there? Go on, what's your next one? Hey, Team Sequel would be so good. Um, I fucking love that. You, 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 someone starts a fucking Kickstarter campaign, I'm throwing fucking money at that. Jesus fucking Christ, that would be so good. The A-Team, man, that is one of the underrated fun action films of the last ten years. That, absolutely. You know, going back to the 100 thing, that is in my 100. That will never, ever come out of my 100 because I watch that film a couple of times a year. Why? Because it is just fucking entertaining it yeah, is I, glorious that I need to get on that again I haven't seen the A-Team in a while I need to fuck yeah anyway um, yeah we got like half an hour and uh, we still got a couple of films we both <laughs> seen to talk about but um, yeah so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll say The Loft um, I'll, I'll, I might just quickly run through some shit now The yeah. Loft um, with, it is frankly appalling erotic thriller um, which <laughs> oh, somehow you see now now I know that I'm, I'm going to watch it one night this week because all you've done there is you've just got appalling erotic thriller and I, my brain's gone that sounds amazing but I mean it, the cast in it is insane um, I mean it's just like why are you in this so James Marsden and Carl Urban but then also um, Cam from Modern Family, the big gay guy, and um, Wentworth Miller. Um, 
Uh, writer of Stoker, Wentworth Miller. Um, uh, basically, they all get a, a loft and apartment together where they can bang chicks who aren't their wives and don't have to worry about being caught. Uh, one, of, one of them walks into the loft one day, finds a dead woman in there, and uh, the, the others get called in, and it's basically, who the fuck did this? What's going on? And then it's, it's who did this? Why? There's twists and twists and twists upon twists and all sorts of bollocks. I, I mean, it's... It's, it, it's catnip for you, Mark. You'll have a fucking whale of a time. You will. I mean, it's, I mean, it's terrible. Um, yeah, but it is kind of entertaining in just the most trashy, trashy, trashy of ways. I mean, the, the, it kind of like the, the wrap-up, the last 15, 20 minutes are not amazing, probably, um, to be honest. But um, it's, um, it, it's, oh, it's so sleazy. Um, oh, I love Sleazy. <laughs> and, and just, if you ever wanted to see Cam from Modern Family just, like, being an absolute horn dog, <laughs> uh, which is the weirdest thing after watching so much Modern Family over the years. But, um, uh, yeah, anyway, The Loft is, is terrible, but, you know. Um, for, like, I, the thing is... I, I expect it. a positive review from Mark in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the thing is, I watched it on the train home from um, Noel Stagg, and, like, it kind of... It was totally what I needed then. It's a one-out-of-five film. <laughs> but at the same time, that's kind of, like... That's more an objective thing. Yeah. Because subjectively, it was just, like... It was exactly what I needed for the situation I was in. <laughs> you know, so, hey. Um, but, yeah, I watched uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, which uh, uh, you talked about, uh, yeah. I think. Um, which I actually thought was all right. Um, I liked that... I liked that it was different from the first two. I liked that it, it, it was dealing with some kind of weighty, interesting stuff, which you don't get in blockbusters usually. But at the same time, it was just like, if this wasn't The Hunger Games, this would never be this. No. You know, this would never be out, you know. But, and it, it does, you know, it, it does kind of feel like if Mockingjay was just one film, a good half of this film would not be there at all. I'll tell you what, um, because I, I I didn't enjoy Mockingjay Part One. It's not terrible, but I I didn't enjoy it. It, it felt like a filler film. But honestly, watch the honest trailer for Mockingjay Part One because it oh, fucking it yeah, yeah. nails it. It but, absolutely uh, nails it. And the, the, the thing is, in terms of like its ideas about propaganda and manipulation of uh, people through the press and whatnot, I, it, it's not doing anything particularly big with that. But I appreciate that for the audience. It's probably something they, the target audience, it's probably something they don't ever really look into. Yeah. So I, I, I liked that element of it. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I actually thought, I, I thought it was all right. And um, I don't know, I'm kind of looking forward to it all wrapping up now. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, and do, 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 uh, I watched The Other Guys, which gets uh, better and better every time I watch it. And, and uh, I watched District 9 and Elysium, but I'm sure we'll mention those in Chappie. So I'm done. Right. Uh... I watched um, The Voices. Uh, I know you watched this as well, didn't you? Hello? Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah, uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, um, directed by Margin uh, Starripe. Satrapy, I think. Yeah. Margin Satrapy. Margin Satrapy, yeah. Satrapy, that'll do, yeah. Uh, it stars Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jim Martin, Anna Kendrick, and Jackie Weaver. Um, story is, uh, and I won't go too much spoilers because it's, it, it's, it's fairly new. Um, 
is um, he plays a game a guy called Jerry uh, who has issues we'll say um, we quickly introduce that he's in therapy uh, he works a menial job uh, working for a um, he's like a factory line worker where he boxes up um, bathtubs and things like that um, in a small little town um, in um, getting to get the feeling it's middle America um, and he has these strange quirks where he has kind of multiple personalities but his personalities are taken up by his cat uh, Mr Whiskers uh, and by his who's dog, Scottish who's Scottish uh, and also voiced by Ryan Reynolds uh, and Bosco his dog also voiced by uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, who is kind of like it, it, it kind of has a very strange but comforting accent uh it's, it's a wonderful idea of having his, his pets are kind of the devil on his shoulder and the angel on his shoulder in the idea that the dog is the angel on his shoulder and the cat is the devil on his shoulder. Um, his cat is foul-mouthed and, and horrible and the dog is, is loving and concerned and things like that. It's like, there's a wonderful moment where he comes into the, the apartment having not been there for the night and the cat just, I think he says something like <laughs> food, food, dickhead <laughs> and that's all he says whereas the dog's concerned as to where he's been and everything like that uh, and then the cat tells him that he's taking a, a shit on the, what is it uh, on the sofa um, Jerry uh, it has become infatuated with the English girl in the office uh, Gemma Arterton, uh, played by Gemma Arterton. Um but at the same time um, the other girl in the office played by Anna Kendrick has kind of developed a bit of a thing for Jerry um, and like I said I'm not going to go too much uh, into it because it is, it is fairly new and we're not coming in as a main review so I don't want to go deep in with spoilers but I, I, I went into this film thinking that it was just one of those kind of floaty you know kind of slightly dark comedy uh, films um, and it, it is that for a lot of it but it gets very dark at points uh, there's a moment where we're introduced to um an alternative look, we'll say, or a more real look on Jerry's life. And that's when it gets really fucking deeply dark. Um, and it's one of those films where I could see how it could it could lose some people very easily. And when it finished, I was very much of the opinion of, do you know what? I really like that. I, I like that. But the more I think of it, the more I'm getting to the point where I'm going... Do you know what? I fucking really, really liked that. And I'm at that point now where I fucking... Um, it was it was maybe a three and a half out of five. I'm now getting to a four, four and a half out of five with the voices. I really fucking liked it. And the ending will either... It will either go... People will go, nope, that's too much. Or they'll go, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm in... I'm in, and I am absolutely in the point of where I'm. Yep, I'm, I'm all in on that. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't. I, I, I thought it was all right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was fine. Um, pardon me. I'm not nearly, nearly, nearly as up on it as you are, frankly. Um, but good on you. But the thing is, it. It never, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of decoration around a very ordinary oh, yeah. feeling 
film. Like the narrative, yes, the end. The, 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 I mean, like the the final bit is incredibly unexpected, you know. And I I did kind of enjoy that it was just like, right, okay, we're going here now. Though, all right, then fine. And it, it just it fully commits to what it's been, be, what it's had set up through like through the film, like in his mind's eye and whatnot. That's that's fine, you know, and like how he sees things, that's, you know, whatever, that's fine. It, it, it just, it, it never ever kind of surprised me um, in, in terms of what, what it was actually doing. I mean, it's set up with the cat and the dog talking uh, talking to him, obviously it's a bit unusual, and there are moments, I mean, um, the bit where they're watching, like, the, the animals shagging on TV, <laughs> and the cat is just like, you gotta turn it over before I fucking explode. It was just, it was just while he's watching the lion shagging. I mean, it's, it's, it, like that bit is fucking brilliant. Um, the other great moment is the, the Bosco bit. You know that, you know, the other day we were talking about it and I said that, yeah, you know, you're a good boy and everything like that. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't think you are. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Is that it's even the glorious moment where even when he realizes that the, the his animals aren't talking to him, that he is the voice of animals, yet they still keep doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean absolutely. It's um, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just it, it's got it's got these kind of like visual ideas and like the whole kind of like the the aesthetic through his mind's eye is kind of very fifties yeah. and kind of like. Um, very kind of sharp edge, like production design and kind of bright cinematography in the real world. Like when you see things of like how other people are seeing, it's all very dank and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it just yeah. All right, fine. It, it, I, I get it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I never felt it got super super dark to be honest, because it was always just like right, the cat and the dog going to start talking to him again in a minute. You know, it, it just I. I I don't know, it just, it felt a bit like a film that was designed to shock a mainstream audience who wanted to watch a Ryan Reynolds comedy, but then it doesn't really offer anything else other than that to me. Um, but but while it's on, I mean, it's fine. I, I would have, to be honest, I would appreciate it if it was sub-90 minutes. I mean, yeah, it's only about 100 minutes, but it, it outstayed its welcome for me. He's a, he's a funny one, is Ryan Reynolds, because he, he does... He does a lot of movies, you know, and he's he's not one that will just sit and do kind of like the big, you know, the big studio pictures. You know, he, he, he's often sort of dipped out and done sort of more interesting uh, or what would he seem to be interesting fodder, you know, out there. So, you know, he, he did sort of, you know, The Nines is a great movie and, you know, Chaos Theory is an entertaining movie and... Fireflies in the Garden and things like that, and the Paper Man. You know, he's he's gone out and he's done. He's chased down these these little roles, uh, and he. I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. I think he's a lot. He's got he's got a big performance in him, and essentially he's very much you know we're going to get an R-rated Deadpool movie out of him, and that is quite literally because he has been forcing that movie into into production for the past sort of four or five years. Which could be really fucking interesting if yeah, you get no, an R-rated Deadpool. I mean, he, he takes on interesting projects, and I mean, I'm good on him. I mean, I, I mean, he's good in this, and um, I don't know. 
it's weird seeing Gemma Arterton and Anna Kendrick in this kind of film. I kind of wonder if it was like, oh, it's the person who directed Persepolis, which, which is mental, by the way, that the person who directed Persepolis directed this. But good on her, though. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, and then here they are. I, I will also say as well, I don't know why, Anna Kendrick didn't look any different to how she usually did, but I, I, I don't know. I found her very, very cute in this. I don't know what it was, but maybe I just now will really start liking Anna Kendrick, but I, I really, like, I liked her character, and it was kind of like, it was all, it, it was obvious what way it was going, and I did kind of, I, I felt really bad for her character. You know, I, it just, I don't know, Beyond the the accoutrement, I found what was actually in in the inside was eh, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's a it's a three out of five for me. That's that's about it. Yeah, that, that's I can, I can absolutely see why it, some people won't get as much as I got out of it. But I I really really liked it. Mike, if, if, if it takes you, I, I I could see how this film would really really grab you. Um, and obviously it did, but I just, I, I, I it was just, yeah, no, I, that was that was fine, and all oh, that ending's fucking weird. Um, the cat, I, I was, and the dog, I was on board with. I'll say, yeah, I, I was a big fan of both the cat and the dog. I thought it was, like I say, it's an interesting idea. Um, anything else to talk about on this, Ian? Uh, no, not not on the voices, no, not really, no. No, I, I, on 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 what you've been watching. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm, I mean apart from the, the the other thing we've both seen, which was oh, uh, White Bird and the Blizzard. Oh yes, White Bird and the Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might as well have a chat about that for, for a few minutes because there's there's stuff there. I'll let you start on this one though because I started on Voices. Oh sure, okay. Um, so yeah, White Bird and the Blizzard, latest one by uh, Greg Araki. It's on Netflix US at the moment, um, which is how I saw it, and uh, it, it, I think it's in like super super limited release in the UK. It's probably like two screens in London or something like that, as, as is usually the case. Um, and uh, good cast here. Um, who have we got? We got um, Shailene Woodley, um, uh, Eva Green, uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Maloney, um, and uh, Gabori Sidibe. Thomas uh, Jane, Angela Bassett's uh, Tom, in there, yeah. Thomas Jane, Angela Bassett, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Sheila Fernandez. Oh, yeah, Sheila Fernandez, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, um, basically, story is, uh, Shailene Woodley uh, plays a uh, daughter in a family. Uh, the mother, played by Eva Green, goes missing. And um, it, it basically, it, it, it's kind of telling the, the story of, what what happens after she goes missing, but then he's flashing back at at times to like what the mother's life was like, and basically um, she was a woman who kind of like that had the world at her feet, but it kind of all went it, not not to shit, but she kind of like just became a suburban housewife and like started going a bit mad from it. But then it's um, you know there, there are certain like ideas about why she's gone missing, and what's happened to her that are kind of brought up. And then kind of put away again, then maybe brought up again, then put away again. And um, the thing is, my, my my problem with the film is that 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 is like the central mystery that kind of drives everything else around the film, and how that ends. What happens to Eva Green's character? It's wrapped up so insanely quickly, mm. and also feels like a, a cheat, frankly. Yeah. Um, that it, which I kind of can't help but think Greg Araki might have been thinking it's based on a book and I wonder if the book was like this but whether he's just thinking oh that's a clever way of doing this ending um, 
and I'm not not going to say what it was. No. But it, it basically it just oh right um, okay so right uh, really well why why this and why that and why did you show me this and mm. it, it just the film itself is a bit of a cheat in terms of the way it's, the direction it's going, especially considering, I'm going to try and be as oblique here as possible, the central character who we are following, Shailene Woodley, does not have this theory on what happened until very late on in the film. Yeah. But the film itself has this theory and is kind of forcing it for a long time before she picks up on it. Yeah, and it and it isn't it isn't like hidden from her. It's it's a strange. I think it's a it's one of those where the ending will, and I'm not going to give it away. The ending will probably shock you unless you go into it with an, an understanding and a knowledge of not shock you as such, but might surprise unless you have any idea of Gregoraki's film, you know, previous films or anything like that. If you've watched a lot of uh, his films, you'll be about sort of twenty-five minutes, half an hour into it. You'll go, "Oh, it's wrapping it." And it's it's one of those. It's it's a typical sort of Gregoraki movie in the fact that it's a lot of young, beautiful people, or a couple of young, beautiful people, often slightly misfits, but often quite intelligent, uh, frolicking around in not a lot of clothing. Um, being obsessed with sex, uh, the elders, uh, the elder people within it are also a little bit obsessed with sex, but you've also got the, the soft, uh, in, um, Christopher Melanie, you've got him being very much the sort of standardised American dad kind of, you know, broom up his ass kind of guy, and you've, you've got all of that, and it's, it's a very nice journey you're going on with the film, but you kind of get the feeling that the destination you're going to get to is going to be... You're going to go, are we here now? Yeah. Oh, can we go back? Because it was a lot more fun getting here than it was when we're actually fucking here. Yeah. And that, that is what all Gregoraki movies tend to be, to be honest. They all tend to have this massive build-up and build-up and build-up and build-up, and then you're going, and you're going, oh, my God, oh my God what, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? And you get there and you go, oh, that? Oh. Right. Well, ah, and it's a little bit like that, which kind it, of it's, brings it's you the down way a little the bit. Film, it's the way the film presents it. It, yeah, it happens. Ever so slight spoiler alert. Yeah. The the key revelation is done in voiceover. Yes. And it's just. And it's like an almost like an why, afterthought. Yeah. Why? Why are you? Yeah. Why is this just be set, being said here? when it was a key part of the whole film, but you're just going to do it in about ten seconds in voiceover. It's very weird, and I, I can't help but think that must be what the book is like. It, I don't know. It must be, it, it must be but then again... It, so it, why would you do that otherwise? It I, just... I think, I, I, the only reason I can think of is because instead of it being, is Iraqi saying, look, this isn't the story of this happening. It's the story of this girl going through and getting over what happened and how she is reacting and how she took it all in. And that's the only, reason, that's the only way I can think of for why that might be. It doesn't make sense, 
but that's that I would think that is the reasoning for there. It's Iraqi's way of saying Oh, that isn't the story. The story is is what, how this 17-year-old girl went through it and got through it and found out about it. Mm-hmm. That That is the only idea I can, I can come up with. Uh, but it still doesn't make sense um, thematically and filmically. No, no. I mean, it, 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 it feels a bit clever, clever to me. But, I, know, I mean, Shaylee Woodley is very good. Yeah. Um, you know, as as she usually is, frankly. Yeah. You know, you you can you can always depend on Shailene Woodley. Um, and the the cast around there are all right. I like Christopher Moni. I think he's doing some kind of interesting, quiet, mm. like under the surface stuff here, which which I enjoy. Um, even though I do wonder, again, revelation at the end, how much of that was actually in that performance, because it kind of I don't know. Yeah, feels a, feels a bit. I don't, it feels a bit random to me, but um, yeah, I, it's. I mean, it's it's a good. I mean, it's a good enough film. I, I mean, again, it's a three out of five. You know. Um, yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. I, I'm a little bit. It, it seems to be getting a lot of very good, like four and five star reviews, and I'm a little bit like, really. No, it's 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 really? it's it's patently not um, it, 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 subjective, I suppose. But yeah, it it's is, not. It's, it, is, yeah. it, it's not a four out of five film. I mean, Eva Green is very good in it, very, like very good. Shailene Woodley is very good. Um, but there's a. I I liked. I liked what it was what it was setting up more than what it actually delivered. The the relationship between the mother and daughter, you know, it, it was kind of like really interesting mother jealous of daughter kind of thing but then you know that's kind of played on in the first half but then like there's a there's a period when it goes forward a year and then it, it, it kind of seems to be more about plot from mm-hmm. then then on as opposed to character and I was quite enjoying the character of the first half or so and also Eva Green's character is is pretty absent in the second half as far as I can remember yeah. um you know, there's just a, a few scenes where she's in, whereas she's quite a large presence in the in the first half of the film. And um, yeah, I, I I don't know. There, there are little things as well, like Thomas Jane's character and his relationship with Shailene Woodley. It's just like, what, what, why, why exactly is this in here then? Yeah, uh, um, it's pointless. And yeah. that, that might have been bigger in the book, but in the in what is it? It's pointless. It, yeah. it, it, it is. It is all to eventually have a bit where somebody is mentioned as, well, I think it was this person. And it's like, there's a, there's a lot of that relationship and a lot of those people for essentially one, for essentially a, for a character to get nudged towards something. Absolutely. Uh, right. Um, yeah, that was our, our bumper, what we've been watching. Um Ian, uh, feedback. We've had some feedback, haven't we? Uh, that that you, you mentioned. We're gonna do we're gonna do questions on on Wednesday, but it'll all be it'll all be in the same package for us. But we'll do feedback now because I'm, I'm intrigued. Yes, yeah, so this is from uh, Rolf Icorn, who I believe um, uh, emailed in once uh, once before. Um, right, hi Ian and Mark. Had to write in again as I am very upset about Mark's pick for worst movie of 2014. <laughs> the Duke. are you fucking nuts? I mean, I don't love that movie, but worst? Yeah. I seriously doubt your sanity, mate. 
I can overlook all that <laughs> shite you praise all the time, <laughs> sabotage anybody, but this is so wrong. I know I am a bit late regarding the year-end show, but I had to express my anger about the dude. Dude, you need to adjust your taste. Fast. Ian, you should have given Mark some serious shit about that pick. You guys are way too nice to each other. <laughs> Maybe it's because you're old now, but I'd appreciate some more meaty discussions like Mike and Paul or Matt Gamble and everybody at Row 3. Yeah, I mean... The piece about the row three cast, it is based, which I enjoy. It's basically Matt Gamble shouting at someone whenever they don't agree, whenever he doesn't agree with them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, sorry, that was me, but um, back to Rolf. Um, since I don't want to just rant, I also have a non Twitter question for you guys. Sticking with the horror theme, there are many subgenres in horror. What are your faves and worst? For me, I love the Killer Kids movie, like uh, movies like Who Can Kill a Child, Poison for the Fairies, or The Omen. I know the evil child cliche uh, has become cliche nowadays. Back in the day, there were a bunch of creepy ones which disturbed the living shit out of me. By the way, the kid in the Babadook also marks, um, and sorry, also, by the way, the kid in the Babadook also marks, no pun intended, oh right, no, yeah, marks a 10 on the creeper meter, no pun intended. Um, as an elementary school teacher, I work with some strange kids all the time, but that kid is so disturbing. <laughs> I'm not- I can't wait for Mark to uh, have his say on this. I'm um, sorry. Uh, my second favourite subgenre is the animal horror. The birds is the obvious one, but just think about Link, Jaws, or the Shat in Kingdom of the Spiders. I guess there isn't a single animal left not already being put into in as afraid in some horror film. So your picks, please. Greetings from Roth and Krefeld, Germany. P.S. As I am a big football fan like you, I've got to say I envy you now. I always thought the Premier League to be quite boring with the same teams on top of each each season, but the Bundesliga sucks big time right now, almost similar to Scotland. Fuck by Munich. P.S.S. Love you, Mark. Just not your taste in movies. <laughs> what I will say then quickly uh, is well, I, fucking, I love watching the... Uh, thank you very much for the feedback, by the way. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, I love watching the Bundesliga. Um, I watched a wonderful thing where the Stuttgart... Um, Borussia Dortmund game uh, the other week, uh, which is a great game. Uh, Borussia Dortmund beat Stuttgart. Um, Stuttgart had lost a few games in a row, um, and the the Stuttgart players actually went into the crowd. And this happens apparently a, a bit. And the Stuttgart players were there in the crowd, and it, it, it's amazing that categorically would never happen in a Premier League game and that is what I adore about the Bundesliga uh, I'm very much looking forward to at some point next season I am making my absolute mission I want to go and watch a Borussia Dortmund home game cannot wait um, in terms of the what is it I will stress again I am unequivocal in my hatred of the Babadook I still think it is the worst movie I saw last year in the sense that it annoyed me the most uh, yes there were movies that were not as well made etc and things like that without question but as a movie where I just couldn't fucking get on board and couldn't understand for the life of me while I was watching it how anybody could categorically say that that is A, a good movie, or B, one of the best horrors of modern time. Well, for a start off, it's not fucking scary. It's not even psychologically scary. The, I stress again, this woman's psychological problems are kept at bay by a fucking punnet of worms a day. That isn't fucking scary. The Babadook is marketing and word of mouth gone fucking crazy. The thing is, I don't care about the Babadook enough to really, like... <laughs> 
get on that mark about it. Like, I thought it was fine. It scared me more than it follows. I'll say that. Um, Which I've still not seen yet. Yeah, yeah. It just... I don't care. That, I, 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 I genuinely, like, and I, I know, you know, we're supposed to, like, review films and things like that, but it just, I, I, I said my piece about it on the initial review, and I just, I, 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 I don't care enough. And, I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, Mark having the sab- sabotage in his top ten at the, at the end of the year, I think is fucking retarded. But he knows I think it's retarded. It was my top ten, it was my number one surprise of the year. Oh, that's right, sorry, yeah. But he knows, I think, that's retarded. Yeah. So, and I mean, we, we've had this uh, discussion about sabotage before as well. It's just with the top ten show, it's just like, is there, is there really any point rehashing stuff that we've, we've kind of already gone through? I've already said my piece on The Babadook. I'm not going to have a go at Mark for saying it's his number one worst film of the year because I don't care about the Babadook <laughs> enough to go to bat for it like that. Like, I mean, if he... Uh, this will be after our review of Chappie and Mark already knows what I thought of Chappie. If Mark comes out and says that Chappie is his number one worst film of the year, I'll be all over it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But it just... I don't I don't care about the Babadook. And also, in fairness, the Babadook's got enough fucking people who will defend it yeah. Mark doesn't need to hear me defend it. He could go out on Twitter and say he thought the Babadook was a big pile of shite, and he'll probably have half a dozen tweeting back at him within ten minutes. Which I did when I, when I, when I did say on Twitter that I fucking hated it. Uh, I did have a lot of, and I've, I've, I've had people that I know have a go at me and say, "Oh, it's me." And every time I've, it is one of those movies where I would happily. I would happily, if somebody wanted me to, go up at a screening of it and after it, where everyone's paid to see it because they wanted to rewatch it, to stand there and tell an audience of 300 people everything that is fucking wrong with that movie. I, I've not, it happens very rarely, but I have not been irked by a movie as much as that movie. And I don't know why, but it just did. And it's almost, it, it is, it is put a massive fucking nail in the coffin of, of I am to the point of where I'm on the cusp of going I'm done with horror I'm done with modern horror it's fucking gone if this is what counts as being great modern horror I'm, fuck, I'm done with it I'm done with it it's shit I, mean, the, I, I would say it's the, it is the most it, the, Babadook was the most overrated horror film of 2014. I'd be amazed if it follows. For me, isn't the most overrated um, horror of 2015. And it just... It's... It's, I, it's weird that, to me, that these films are getting the love that they're getting. I don't... From, from, a, subject, from, from a subjective point of view, I don't... I just don't see... I, I mean, I agree. The thing at the end with the Babadook with the worms is an insanely dumb ending but it's dripping with meaning and it's dripping with no. metaphor and it's just it's no she's using yeah like you said she's using a punnet of worms to get over a major psychological illness yeah that is what it is and it's just like in what if the Babadook was a Platinum Dooms film and it ended in that fucking way, people would be all over it. Exactly. But no, because it's the Babadook, it, they're not. I mean, this is, I mean, to be fair, I think that this, 
opening up of this is maybe, uh, sorry, Rolf, kind of bitting you on the arse a bit here, but because <laughs> The Babadook's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a particularly great horror film. It's not. And the more I think about The Babadook, the more I think, nah. Yeah. Um, the question, though, in answer, the, the question you asked, which is a great question, by the way. I'm yeah, not it, saying is, that, it, is, it is. It is a great question. Um, I love a court movies. Uh, movies about the occult uh, adore those uh, in terms of horror uh, I love psychological horrors uh, proper ones not uh, worm um, tempered ones um, I uh, what, and, and which ones don't I like I'm not a, I'm not a big animal horror fan mainly because I don't like seeing animals getting hurt it's my one true fucking you know thing um, I actually I started watching uh, Peaky Blinders like fucking years after everybody else started watching it. But there's a thing, a line in that in like, the second episode where he says, you know, I got used to seeing men be killed, um, but I've never, but uh, I, I've seen loads of men killed and you get used to it. But I've also seen loads of horses get killed and you never get used to that. And it's it, it is that I, I I get it's still fucking it, it hits me emotionally. It's that thing where. I could watch a horror film where all types of things happen to people, uh, but then if you uh, you harm a dog, I go, I don't like that. Mm. It, it's that kind of thing. What what are yours, Ian? Yeah, yeah I mean, like in, in terms of like personally, mine, I don't like it because again, I just don't. I, it, it, I find it icky. Um, body horror, I like. I, I oh, it's yeah, the most so effective yeah. horror for me, but I don't. I I'm not. I'm, I, I I don't like it. Frankly, it just it weirds me out. Um, you know, I mean, or even something like uh, the Kaufman remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It, it is a five out of five film for me. I can't watch it very often. Uh, a lot of Cronenberg, mm. um, Shivers and Rabid. I think I've only ever watched once, and I don't think I'll ever watch them again because they weird me out too much. Um, so, in that kind of way, that's that's my worst. I mean, in terms of um, in terms of shit. Um, I, I suppose, I, I, I don't know, it, I mean, maybe I'm a zombie or slasher films just because there's a huge amount of them that are terrible. Haunted House f- f- films now. All of that, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, the best genre for me, um, I do like occult ones as well, actually, you know, I mean, like, you're looking at, like, um, I don't know, like, Ride with the Devil or, um, or, or, uh, House of the Devil, you know, um, uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, um, yeah. you know, it, 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 like film films like that. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for as well. So yeah, yeah, I, I can even watch the well, because I can even watch the terrible occult ones. Uh, I still get a lot of entertainment out of that just based on the whole occultishness of it. So things like um, Sin Eater, the terrible Heath Ledger movie. Uh, I, I can lap that shit up uh, and Ninth Gate and things like that. They're just interesting because oh, the of their, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're interesting because of their their occultish. What is it? Have you ever seen the um, the remake of Thirteen Ghosts with Matthew Lillard? I watched that in New York. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of those terrible movies. I've seen it four or five times. Don't know why. Um, had to split. Pam? He had to split. He had to split. Yeah. It, 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 it's a it's a it's a fun fucking movie. Um, Right, we're going to finish it there. We're going to pick up on Wednesday, but you won't notice that because it'll just all blend into one with my seamless editing skills. Apart from the fact that Mark just said. Which I wish I would edit out. Fair enough. Wednesday! Wednesday! <laughs>
Okay, um, we we were gonna come back and do questions after uh, doing our feedback, but uh, we didn't have any. Um, so fuck you, Jeremy Clarkson, and stealing Twitter for the day uh, with your um, "Where's my lunch punch?" Um, John Inverdale must oh. be fully prepared to kiss his ass so hard. Yeah, like the That's one a hell of a slip of the story. Tongue. That has managed to oh, oh, like completely drown out rose-cunted glasses. <laughs> rose-cunted. I still maintain. I said it all, uh, uh, to you guys on WhatsApp. I still maintain rose-cunted glasses sounds like a uh, CVSPism. Nice. It really yeah. does. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I'd heard that on that on that fucking podcast before. What was going through John Inverdale's mind when he said that? I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful phrase, though. You have to wonder if he was just, like, watching some pretty girl walking past him or something. <laughs> what was he even in fucking reference to? He was... Oh, it was just at the Cheltenham Festival. They were just talking about something. He was just like, oh, I suppose if you're looking at it from Rose Cunty glasses. So <laughs> Rose... T- Rose-tainted glasses. Uh, sorry there for the, for, the, for, the, for the slip of the tongue. It's just, what the hell? That's a great slip of the tongue. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, so, um... It, we, well, next week's show might be a weird one because we're going to we're going to do some kind of ad hoc recording. Oh God, uh, knows what next week's going to be. It'll probably be quite short as well, to be honest. Yeah, it, it'll probably be maybe half an hour or something like that. But yeah, there will yeah, be yeah. there will be something out, uh, and we will probably be at gradual stages of being uh, a little bit tipsy, is what I'd say yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And we'll probably just talk about nonsense. Um, it'll probably be like top five wedding movies or something like that. Random like that, yeah. Um, so there'll be that. Uh, the week after, what is it the week after where we're actually going to do a proper show? Um, the Gunman's out. Um, oh, um, Sean Penn. Sean Penn is taken. Yeah. Is there anything no. else out? Is yeah. there anything else out? Is what I'm saying on that one. It does seem a little bit like, uh, like with that. Sean Penn went out for like, uh, went out for a dinner with Liam Neeson, and he went and he said. Liam, you're gonna keep making these Taken movies. I mean, really? He's a fucking he's... producer on it. Yeah, and he's is he? Yeah, and and he's he, he's gone. He's gone. Sean, do you know what? I've made fucking loads of money, and Sean Penn's gone. How much money? And he's gone. A lot of money, and he's gone. I won't mind some of that Taken money, and he's gone. I'll hook you up, and that's it. And then well, we've got the gunman. <laughs> I mean, Rundle Nights out the week beforehand, so you know it means out this week. Do, do you know what? I, I saw the trailer for Rundle Night. Rundle Night just sounds like one of the most generic movies that will be made this year. Yeah. And I was watching the trailer before Chappie, and I was like, oh, this looks terrible. This just, this just looks, this just looks like a Taken movie. Like Taken, it's like Taken's long lost. Taken found out in a long last son is what this movie is. And I was watching it going, ah, oh, oh, fuck, I'm going to watch it, though, aren't I? I'm going to watch it. Oh, Not the cinema, uh, but I'm going to watch it. I know I'm going to watch it. Yeah, um... I mean, the big release that week is Divergent 2. I'm not watching that. Um, 
I'm not watching Insurgent. I have no interest in that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we will find something. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find something out. Yeah. We'll find something. Maybe a VOD or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we, yeah. we will find something. Uh, and we'll also start our as yet untitled Police Academy Marathon. Okay, but, that be, but that will be episode 105. I can say episode 104 will be something. Um, but yeah... Um, Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, and um, thank you for feedback. Uh, and fuck you, Jeremy Clarkson, for spoiling our questions. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, we shall speak to you next week in some form or another. Cheers, folks. Cheers, bye.